Welcome to Game Face, episode 282 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. We are back. Apologies. I know we've been kind of stringing you guys along all week, uh, trying to figure out when we're going to be able to do a show. I had knee surgery on Friday. I have very gimpy. I made it against my doctor's best wishes, I should add. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be doing this. Uh, but we're running out of time for 2021, so I wanted to make sure I got an episode in for you guys before we tackle the Game of the Year episode next week, and then I take off for the holidays. Here with me to do the last normal episode of Game Face for 2021 is Matt Kyle. What's up, Matt? Not much. You, if On the other shot, you get to see a rare rainy day in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, actually, I'll flip back there. It is raining today in Los Angeles. This is the first time it's rained, Matt, and I don't know how long. It's been a couple months. Yeah. Not yeah. only is it raining, it's very gloomy and dark yeah. outside. It's, it's, and uh, it's rained overnight a couple times in the past couple months, but this is the first daytime yeah. rain we've seen in a while. We're also here early. Normally, we do the show at 1 p.m. on Tuesdays. We're here at noon today for a couple reasons. Yeah. Um, this is great, by the way, because it's A, earlier, and it's raining, so no one was on the road. <laughs> that uh, makes it easier. Pe- in L.A., if it rains, people stay home. Yeah. Like, it's weird. It's just the way as, it is. Yeah. As, as someone from San Francisco, it's just like you'd never get anything done if you did it. Yeah. But like, yeah, it, like traffic's. Yeah. Sometimes it's worse because there's crashes and stuff. But usually during the day, like people aren't going there's out. No yeah. It's great. Well, so we're, good. we're here an hour early for a couple reasons. The first reason is I have a post-op doctor's appointment to check out my knee today. Um, but then the other part of it is that the game awards are happening today. Mm-hmm. Those kick off at 5 p.m. today, 5 p.m. Pacific, yeah. 8 p.m. Eastern. Oh, there's a fourth. I think there's a 4:30 pre-show where they usually show some stuff. Yeah, but not. I, I would not recommend people show up for that. You can, but usually the the good stuff starts at five. Um, so this show is going to go until 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, and we're out hard at four. So I have to rush across town to get to a doctor's appointment. Then rush back from that to be ready to handle the Game Awards. Um, If you are not going to watch the Game Awards, fret not. Um, As always, with any major event, we'll be curating all the hot media, all the big reveals, literally the minute that they debut in the Game Awards. So if you can't make it for the live show tonight, go to sifted.net. We'll have everything sitting there for you. It'll all be sifted and sorted by your preferences. You'll get all the hot stuff that you really care about at the top of your sift. Big day today for video games. Mm. Um... Just uh, people Less are probably of a big day for Dragon Age fans. <laughs> or not. Um, people are probably wondering, how did my surgery go? Uh, it sucked. <laughs> the did best you watch one. it? I did not watch it. They put me under okay. completely. Yeah, they. I had the full-on anesthesia. It was crazy. So I get there. The doctor comes in five minutes before I go in for surgery. And he tells me, okay, um, we're going to fix your meniscus, which is what I had gone to him for to get fixed. And he's like, and we're going to cut your ACL in half and we're going to stretch it tight and we're going to rejoin it with a laser. And I was like, excuse me? Is it new information? He's like, oh, yeah, no big deal. And he just walks out. And I was like, what the hell? Well, so when I did my MRI, my ACL, he said, and my ACL has been replaced in that knee already. He said it had stretched. And mm. that when my knee was straight, that the ACL was like a ribbon inside my knee mm. because it wasn't elastic enough. And he didn't say anything about doing anything about it. 
He's like, you're fine. Your knee's stable and strong. I'm just telling you that's what you're seeing there. And then we get there five minutes before the surgery. He's like, oh, yeah, we're going to cut your ACL in half and, and burn it back together with a laser. And I'm like, what? Like, he hadn't talked about this at all the whole time. Like, I felt like I was just a part of, like, a machine. Um, but I guess the good news is I have not been in a ton of pain. Mm -hmm. uh, my knee is huge, and I wish I hadn't worn pants. I would show it to you guys. Uh, but my I'm knee, glad you wear pants. Yeah. <laughs> my knee is like twice the size of my other knee right now, but the pain has not been that bad. Hmm. I've only really had to take a leave. Like, I didn't take any of the scripts that they gave me for pain. So that part's been good. Mm -hmm. um, and all things considered, I came through it okay. Um, in hindsight, it was really foolish to think I was going to do a game, a game face on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, part of it was that this surgery ended up being more involved than it was supposed to be. Five minutes before it happened, it mm -hmm. became more involved than it was supposed to. So... Anyway, thanks to everyone for all the well wishes. Uh, I posted like a picture of my knee all wrapped up on Twitter. Everyone was very nice, wishing me, you know, a quick recovery and, you know, telling me to rest and all that. We can't rest right now. There's, we literally have like a week and a half left until everyone's gone for the holidays. So we have this show today, and it is a full show, uh, full of big games, I would add. Um, and then we have a show next week, which will be our Game of the Year Awards. Usually when we do that, we have like the first like 40 minutes of like where we're just like, picking up the scraps of stuff that we want to talk about before we leave for the holidays. Um, so it'll lead off with that. Well, it'll also lead off with a rundown of our fantasy leagues. We'll go mm -hmm. through Matt and I's fantasy league. We'll go through the fantasy challenge. We'll determine the winner of that. And someone will win games. Um, if they're a patron, they'll win two free games. If they're not a patron, they'll win one. Uh, but we'll decide that in next week's show. And then we'll get into our Game of the Year Awards, which typically has 20-some categories or whatever. Not quite the 30-plus that the Game Awards has, but... Um, but we will actually devote time to each one. We will. So. And we'll talk about each award and why the games won or didn't win. Yeah. Um, who knew? Who knew? <laughs> and you guys actually like it. Who would have ever guessed that you guys would enjoy two people talking about game awards and yeah. the actual awards instead of... I think we might... A couple of these, I think we might just like list the winners and then talk about razors for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. One thing's for sure. You're not going to get corny like shaving cream commercials here. <laughs> I was surprised the one year that like... Some journalists were involved in that stuff. I'm not going to yeah. call name names or anything, but like there were like journalists who were like there, there have been a lot of embarrassing moments who were a part of those gags. I was just like, what? You probably shouldn't be doing no. that, but no, <laughs> whatever. Uh, everyone's got to make mean, a buck. Job integrity aside, you should be probably shouldn't be doing. Yeah, yeah. Thing, everyone's got to make a living, so I'm not begrudging someone. I for... don't know. If I, that was the thing. I'm like, did they, did they get paid for that or just just doing it i don't know i hope they got paid for it but. that the one person i know for sure got paid yeah the person i was particularly embarrassed for but but yeah so the game awards are tonight they do start at five o'clock this show ends at four that gives you an hour to get something to eat do some mm -hmm. odds and ends take care of an errand or two uh, and then sit right back down for another couple hours of great gaming content so today's a huge day um for us, for gaming in general, we will talk about the Game Awards later on in the show, but we're going to kick things off, and I know people knew this was happening, but before we do that, actually, let me get to, let me take a look at the chat to see if anybody subscribed with Twitch Prime to thank people. Ptor91, thank you for Twitch Prime. JMRain99, thank you. Karma Lounge, thank you. JMRain, rare footage of JMRain buying a subscription for himself. Did he really? Yeah, he subscribed. Yeah, but that's free. That's a yeah, Amazon still. Prime. He's usually but he's usually, usually giving them out. out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> El Guapo, thank you for the kind words. I am on the mend and I am doing better, but I'm still not great. Um, Glottis twenty one, thank you for Twitch Prime. Andy T Monahan, thank you for Twitch Prime. Who else got in here? 
Uh, we just got a hype training mode. I'm going to share that with the crew here in the chat. Um, what's up, Johnny Hurricane? Hope you're doing good, man. Thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, D, I don't know, Dejvg777, D-E-J-V-G777. Thank you for Twitch Prime. Appreciate it, man. Uh, and I think that's everybody off the top of the show, which means it's time for Matt and I to get trucking. Um, we're going to kick things off. You guys have probably already guessed what we're kicking this episode off with. Halo Infinite. You want me to talk about Ask Shane anything? Oh, good point. That's a good point. You read the rundowns more than I do, it seems mm-hmm. like. Ask Shane anything. The very last I episode. I don't see them until I get here. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, Ask Shane anything. The very last episode of 2021 is this Saturday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. I've gone through the spiel before. Uh, if you want to participate in the Zoom call, which is basically just a podcast. I host a podcast, and you guys are Matt. That's basically how it works. Uh, but if you want to participate in that, you have to pledge at $7 or more per month at patreon.com slash sifted. Now, everybody gets to watch the archive or listen to the archive. But if you want to be a part of the discussion, you have to pledge at 7 bucks or more per month. And um, we had a great time in the last one. It was a, an excellent show. And I'm hoping we can finish the year strong. So maybe set a little reminder on your phone, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Make sure you check our Patreon. There will be a link there that only people who pledge at $7 or more per month can see uh, to the Zoom call. And we'll all jump on. We'll talk about games one last time before we send 2021 packing. And now we're ready to talk about Halo Infinite. So we already discussed the multiplayer. I am going to discuss that a little bit at the end of this discussion because I have continued to play it and I've played a lot more. Mm -hmm. And my perspective has changed a little bit since we first discussed it, since like the beta came live on Game Pass. But most of the discussion today is going to be about the campaign in Halo Infinite. It's the thing that just released yesterday. Um, Matt, what do you think so far? I think it was great. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it, too. Yeah. Like, like really I'm, enjoying it. It's the first Halo campaign I've enjoyed since Reach, so... That's... Those are some big words. Only... Uh, well, no, it's not, because 4 and 5 are terrible. But, like... <laughs> um, no, they, I think they did it. Uh, and part of it is because they're back to... The, yeah, I know they're called the Banish now, but they're back to the Covenant. I'm not mm-hmm. fighting Prometheans. Yep. The gunplay feels really good. I mean, it's... It's fun. It's a throwback. I'm on a Halo... <laughs> You know, it's like, hi, you remembered what the fucking the show, the what the is? game is. Yeah. Like, well done. Yeah. Yep. It's um, it's a throwback. Yeah. And I think it shows that 343 just came to the conclusion that, you know what? We can't make a new Halo game that's good, that mm-hmm. the fans are going to be happy with. So they've gone back, and some people may be happy about this, some people may not. But it's basically Halo 3 with... The continuing story that is that has been happening in Halo Four and Halo Five, which, um, which I'm just having to take on faith because I don't remember anything from those games outside from Four of, and five. Four, five. Outside, like not like I, and I I have like the Halo encyclopedia, the thing that like sums the whole story up for the I'm like read. I'm just like I still don't remember any of that stuff. Like I'm I was very confused at the beginning of this. Like how much was continuing off of Halo Five and how much was just nuke stuff. Yeah. Um, the game does not do a good job of bridging the gap yeah, between... Does, does not onboard you very between well. Between 5 and Infinite. Which is, I mean, it's kind of fine because, like, who cares? Like, this, this, <laughs> this story, I mean, the story is still the same turgid sci-fi prose that yeah. the series has always been. You barely understand what they're talking about half the time. I don't it, think it's that bad. It's, um, uh, I mean, it's not like Destiny bad, but it's... It's, it's not overly wordy, the prose, it's a framework, basically. Yeah, you don't need to worry. I mean, like, one of my friends was like, it's like, no spoilers, just in case I play. I'm like, I don't know how I'd spoil it. Like, nothing's <laughs> happened, really. Like, Well, I mean, yeah, there are, there are spoilers, definitely. Um, but 
But you'd have to care about the exactly. Halo universe first, yeah. you know. And just so you know, because a lot of people are confused, this is a sequel to Halo 5. Yeah, this is Halo 6. It's Halo 6. It just, they didn't name it Halo 6 for whatever reason. It picks up half a year after. We don't want them to associate this with Arabic numerals. Let's not, <laughs> let's not remind them about 4 and 5. <laughs> it picks up six months after the events of Halo 5. Um, if you remember at the end of Halo 5, like, basically... Cortana had turned into a, a bad guy. She had been Cortana had gone rampant. She had which gone is, uh, rampant, which another nice uh, reference to Marathon. Yeah, it um, is. Which is which is you know, I, I, it's funny. I was I was um I saw I saw some videos of like Marathon and stuff. Uh, just uh, probably from the Halo algorithm, I guess. And uh, from years and years and years ago about like you know the connections to Halo and like oh but they're not really because it's not really and like. I was like, no, they are. I mean, I know they retconned it because they don't have the rights to Marathon anymore. Mm-hmm. But, like, um, they clearly take place in the same universe. Like, oh, all yeah. Bungie stuff used to be in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Even, the, even the Ghost in the Shell ripoff they made. Yeah. Um, Oni was basically the... the I sto- forgot about Oni. Yeah, it was the story of the basically the origins of the company that made the tech in Marathon. No. Not um, a great game. No, but... Not uh, terrible, but not And Myth, Myth has uh, had uh, the, the cosmic horror gods in it were basically the same as, like, the... The forerunner stuff and all like it was all it was a lot of connections, um, and like my response to that was sort of like no it's really and I looked down and there was a comment from me from twelve years no ago way. saying like no this is actually actually is connected like, <laughs> I, I'm always I, I, the marathon symbol pops That's up funny. in Halo pretty often and so it's yeah. it's uh, it's a whole thing, um, so you know I love it yeah uh, it's uh, it's cool to see stuff like that well at the end of Halo Five um, Cortana has gone rampant which is basically corrupted. Yeah. And she's Basically, like, if an AI lives long enough, it will essentially go crazy. Right. And uh, that's why in this, the new AI is constantly talking about how she's supposed to be deleted. Yeah. Like, you're supposed to wipe these AIs well, she's, periodically. She, after her mission, she's yeah. supposed to be wiped. Which is pretty sad. Like, the fact that Cortana lived so long is unusual. Well, it's because Chief overrides. Chief, yeah. <laughs> he, he obviously... You, you a... try and take Chief's memory chip out of his head <laughs> and see how that goes for you, basically. <laughs> So this picks up six months after Cortana has basically gone crazy. And yeah. and from what I can remember was like trying to wipe out like a bunch of data and information that is valuable to Halos. And yeah, and she was basically sp- trying to take over the Halo network. Right, yeah. And uh, nobody really knew what she was going to do. Yep. After You can't let that power fall into anyone's hands, even hers, basically. And so there's a six-month gap. And at the beginning of the game, they show you a brief cinematic that's supposed to fill you in on what happens. And what happens is... Master Chief in the U- UNSC goes to Halo Zeta and f- to a following Cortana and ends up in a war with the Banished. The Banished win the war. They think they kill Master Chief. He's thrown out into space. The ring is basically destroyed. And the game picks up. There's someone from the UNSC floating in space. He sees Master Chief floating outside. Mm. He brings him in, um, revives him essentially. And then Master Chief heads down to yeah. Halo Zeta. And you've basically seen that scene yeah. in the... that scene's been yeah. in all the trailers. He heads down to Halo Zeta to finish the fight. <laughs> he's he's Again. constantly trying to finish the he's fight. He's constantly trying to finish the fight. Master Chief just wants to, just to rest. Yeah. Uh, so essentially what happened is there was a war between the UNSC and the Banished. And the Banished won and kicked their butts. And Master Chief is believed to be one of the only surviving Spartans from the war. Yeah, you find a lot of dead Spartans in this game. Yeah, and eventually you do start coming across dead Spartans in the game. And they actually give you like some of the better upgrades that you get whenever you find their their bodies. You get these little 
chips or discs mm-hmm. that you end up using to upgrade. You very, very, very solemnly and sadly insert into yourself <laughs> to be more awesome. <laughs> this is true. Um, as Matt said, it is like a, a typical Halo story. Like there are spoilers, but literally there's probably like three or four in the whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the minute-to-minute stuff, there isn't a lot of exposition. No, it's just like aliens want a thing. You got to go get this base. Go. Master Chief, as usual, a man of few words, but the few words that he does say, they nail it. Like, mm-hmm. they, that's one thing 343 has managed to get right and been able to do well is Master Chief. Yeah. The problem was that, like, for a couple games, like, he was barely in it. Right. And yeah. this game is Chief. Yeah. 100%. I mean, this is the halo that resulted after fans complained about two entries in a row, basically. Yeah. And they are, I mean, I see some people in the check and be like, oh, is it a throwback because it's open world? Like, yes, it is a throwback. It is open world, but, yeah. like, that is one of the things that actually kind of inadvertently makes it a throwback is, like, I am most reminded of Halo 1, like, going to these big open areas and yep. having to figure out how to fight in them. Yep. There's just, they're just not connected by little, you know, loading screens or little, like, you know, like, corridors. They're just big open areas, and you come to a place where, like, okay, I got to do a thing here, and let's take a look at where all these banished are. And now I got to come in and this is take figure out what angle I want to come at, figure out what weapons I want to use. Like, it's very much like the the experience of playing the first Halo, which is still one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of going back to that, as opposed to sort of the the metal hallway shooter it became in four and five, it, is really good. There's a lot of that in this too. There's though. some of that, but it never <laughs> it never becomes oppressive. Yeah. Um, the longest stretch of that is really in the, o- the opening. Yeah. And when they kick you out in the open world, you'll go. You know, story missions or like big locations or installations. Like you'll be doing the standard Halo corridor shooting stuff, yep. but it never feels like it's all you're doing. You never end up in the library again. You play the game almost two hours before you get sent into yeah, the open world. Yeah, it takes a world. while. It's like and almost a this, quarter of the game. Yeah, and I'll say this. like I um, well, It's definitely going to be less than a quarter of the game for me because I spent a lot of time finding stuff oh, yeah. in the open world. Yeah. Um, but like, Which are hard to find, I would add. Yeah. I've hard, I haven't hardly found anything. The only thing I find are audio logs. They're all on the map. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even see the that. The audio logs are not, but the, uh, which is funny that you find it because they beep. So, yeah. but, but the the Spartan the Spartan points and the the Mjolnir upgrades for the multiplayer those are all on the map. Yeah, I've seen some of those. Yeah, yeah. So I go get those mm-hmm. uh, before I before I move on. And um, so it it takes two hours before you get thrown into the open world. And we're using the the term open world very loosely. This game, the way it's built, is very much like God of War twenty eighteen. Mm. You have these big open environments but they don't seamlessly transition into the next open big environment there are loading screens in between um there are kind of gates in between i haven't seen any loading screens. oh there are oh there are, what do you mean you haven't seen loading screens in this some of them are awful some of the loading times in this game are terrible i haven't no what i haven't had any load screens what like when the new new island like just the bridge opens and i walked across the i don't bridge. think you've made it very far yet maybe yeah i'm, I'm like halfway through whatever the, like the second island or whatever yeah but have you noticed you can't go back to the other island i haven't tried to do that yeah like when I mean, you I can, start it's, that it's, they it's, they it loads and you're planted onto the second island but it says i can fast travel back Maybe i haven't tried it like, i assume that's a load i haven't fast traveled it yet fast travel loads but it's pretty yeah, that's quick. fast travel that's but there that. are loads in this, tons of them. Like you'll walk mm. through a door. I've had I have had loads that have been almost a minute long in this, and I have no idea why. From what? Like you fit. Like again, you're not very far, and I don't want to spoil stuff. But like eventually, when you finish major mm-hmm. objectives, it'll just it'll go to a loading screen. You'll finish the boss fight or whatever. You'll walk out the door. It'll just go to black, 
a load will come up, it'll sit there, and then it'll load in like either the next cutscene or the hmm. next area or whatever. I've not seen that yet. Yeah, there's all oh, there's tons of loading in this, and some of the loading times are long. I was shocked by that. I was like, is my SD malfunctioning? Like, why is the why are the loads taking so long in this game? Hmm. But anyway, it is designed like God of War 2018. The each area is pretty big, and if you yeah. would go back and like play a game from the PS2 era that's like quote unquote open world. Each chunk of this game is probably as big as that whole game from the PS2 era, as far as, like, the square mileage or whatever. Um, so it's... While you're playing, you, it feels like you're in an open world, though. Um, yeah. There's, like, patrols, enemy patrols walking around. Like, if you come across little groups of enemies, that's a red flag that there's something hidden nearby. There's either a door that you need to find to get into to get some power up or... There's like an antenna that you need to take over or whatever. So there are a lot of the tenants of the open world, but there's also a lot of stuff missing. So there's no vehicles just strewn around. Like Yeah, there are. I found warthogs and, and No, no, no. Ghosts. You could only get them at your operating base. That's incorrect. I have picked up warthogs laying around where like I've rescued some guys and there have been ghosts I've picked up. No, that's only after you take over an outpost. That is not true. I have picked you up... You have to spawn them at the outpost, I, They did not spawn at the... I mean, you can do that, but I have found them in the world. I have never I have found, I found, found a, a, war, I found a warthog laying by the side of the road with some, some Marines near them. I got in. The Marines got in the really? back, and we drove into that first tower that you're supposed to take I over. I have never seen a vehicle I've picked in the up, I've picked up not uh, ghosts. And I've played uh, a lot more than you, and I, I've not seen one. I picked up ghosts from, like, installation, like, forward operating bases. No, I did pick up the I've little... Up, uh, you've seen the end of the B-roll... Like, I, I have not used them because I hate them, but I found mongooses laying around. Uh, the only one I found, you'll see at the end of this B-roll, I did get in, is the ghost, the little like scooter thing that you get in that can shoot. The little hover, gra- yeah. hover thing, yeah. I That's the only vehicle I found in the I found a few world. of those. I and f- that was it. That was way into the game before I got that. That was, that was like the one of the f- maybe 20 minutes into the open world. Interesting. Because uh, I, I used that to take over the first purple base. Wow. I had not Until that point. I had never seen one. No, they're they're they've been around. I mean, they're not common. It's not yeah. like it's like you know, it's like they're like lay, uh, warthogs laying around everywhere. But yeah. I've definitely picked up vehicles. It, out but in the open back world. to my original point, that is something that is really different about this from most open world games. Most open world games have vehicles just everywhere that you can just hop in whenever you want to. That is not the case. Like I have not, I have found one, mm-hmm. and I'm almost, I'm about two thirds of the way finished. I would say, I found one. Typically how it works is you take over outposts like Assassin's Creed. You go in, you invade. Sometimes you may have to blow up like mm-hmm. some oil pump. What about or, the tank? You find the tank? In the, inside. Inside after, that garage? Yeah. 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 But that was that inside the that's, outpost. That was planned. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's part of the mission. Part right? of, it is part of the mission. Yeah. But that was also inside the outpost right. that you were taking over. Um, and I fe- there are vehicles in there. I've mm-hmm. seen vehicles in the outpost. I've just never seen them out in the world. Yeah. A couple times. Interesting. Um I feel like those must be like something because the the marine one looked like something went wrong because I saw a firefight. I went over and killed the guys, and there was a warthog on the side of the road. And the guys, basically, the marines had were trying to take cover behind the warthog and shoot the the banished. And when I killed them, they're like, "Hey, chief!" And so I jumped to the fucking warthog. Why wouldn't yeah. I get the warthog? So you'll find like um, out in the open world, you'll find groups of of uh, marines who have been like basically tethered and they're being mm-hmm. held hostage. And you can take over that little outpost, and suddenly they're on your team, and they will kind of like follow you around for yeah, a they'll, while. They'll help until you like outrun them easily. I can't figure out what makes them disappear. 
I think they, you're just not. They're just not as fast as you. So well, there you, was one time I was in a vehicle and I just ignored them. And maybe mm-hmm. I think maybe one jumped in the warthog with me, and I just took took off driving. And literally, like seven minutes later, the other dudes show up. <laughs> like they had not given up and they had kept trying to follow. I honestly don't know what the the parameters are for whether yeah, they I call you or not. I haven't but. figured that out either because I don't need them. So I don't yeah, really you care. don't need them. Yeah, um, they're actually just kind of getting in the way more than anything. Although my favorite uh, when I rescued some guys, my favorite like one-off line in the game has been uh, from like random chatter has been I rescue some guy. The guy guy goes goes I'm ready. I'm not happy about it. But I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I see Betray's asking if I was playing on Xbox One and not Series. No, I'm playing on Xbox Series X. Yeah. There are loading screens. <laughs> Shuffle Scrub. Shane is terrible, I swear. I don't even know what that means. But if why are you watching this show if I'm terrible? <laughs> why are you sitting mm. here right now watching Game Face if I'm terrible? Clearly for me. I guess. <laughs> he just bears me. <laughs> That's great. Thanks, Shuffle Scrub. You're an awesome dude. Thank you. Want more people like you in our chat? That would be awesome. Um, so anyway, the open world is an open world, but there are caveats. It's not like it's not like playing a Far Cry game or something like that, where there's just there's no, not as much it's, it's, mischief to get into. It's, yeah, it's not a it's not a Ubisoft map where it's just like you look at it and you're like, what the hell? Like, oh my god, there's too much to do. Like it's it feels it, it's it's the density of stuff to do is more like ten years ago open worlds. You yeah, know, like it, it actually feels manageable. That's what I was saying. And They're kind of like PS. It's kind of like PS2 era open world games. And like, uh, I'd go more than that. I'd be more 360 era. Um, PS2 era, there weren't a lot of open worlds. Um, just I deep. mean, after Grand Theft Auto, there was tons of them. Everyone like started imitating it. Um, there was what was that EA game? I can't remember the name of it now. Mercenaries. Yeah, Mercenaries. Yeah. There was stuff like that. None of them were that great, but everyone was trying to figure it out basically yeah. back then. That was on Xbox. That was good. Yeah. But although, don't go back and play it again. Well, I'm it, sure it's it terrible. ruin everything. Yeah, I'm sure it is terrible. I was, I was so excited when they made that backwards compatible, and I'm like, yeah, fine, I get to play Mercenaries again. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, Solo Dolo asking, have you guys found any skulls? I have not found a single skull. I found one skull. Did you? Uh, and that's something else that's in this up game? Up at the top of that first tower. Okay. For those of you who don't know, skulls are these modifiers. So if you find the skulls during the campaign, when you start the campaign, you can enable a skull, and the skull mm. will make it basically harder. But then you get better rewards. So it's like a risk-reward system. But I haven't found one yet at all. And I'll say this. I have not, I've not been scouring the environments looking for stuff because when I have tried to do it, there's never anything there. And so after the first few hours of it, I was like, I'm not going to burn my time like looking well, through everything's every- on the map. So I just I just mark a thing on the map and go to it. Um, except, except for the, the audio, audio logs. Yeah, the yeah. audio logs are not. But uh, those are the things that are least interesting to me because they do not upgrade the character. Right. Yeah. Um, let's see. The skulls are not as hard to find as some of the previous games. Because in the old some of the old games like Halo 3, it was like you had to like. You know, set up an archaeological dig to find some yeah, of those. Yeah, they were things. hard like to they find. Were, they were like, you know, you had to watch videos. There, to get yeah, some there were of those. guides to find yeah. the skulls. And so I haven't found one yet in this. I mean, game, these are so. definitely, they're definitely more hidden than the other stuff, but they do pop up on the map periodically. Yep. Um, what, so, Matt, to me, there are some trade offs with Halo in the open world. And that is that it, the game is, it's a persistent environment. Mm-hmm. So it's this wilderness area that you're in, and you're in it a lot. And one thing I did like about the linearity of the old Halo games is that you never knew where you were going to go next. 
So a mission ends, the next cutscene, you could get on a ship and just fly off somewhere. And next thing you know, you're in some completely different alien environment. That's kind of missing from this. Um, everything's kind of consistent. Yeah, but, but that alien environment is probably a bunch of hallways <laughs> made out of metal. Well, like, usually it was a really barren outdoor area with hardly yeah. any trees or foliage. Like I wouldn't mind and then you go other, inside. Yeah, I wouldn't mind some other biomes. I wouldn't mind like a snowy area yeah. or something. Like, and I thought maybe, maybe I, I don't know. Like I thought maybe higher up on the map there'll be snow, but probably not. Um, I will say I, you know, I know they cut tons of stuff out of this game to get it done like there was an article an interview today that said they cut basically two-thirds of the game yeah i think jason schreier um, published yeah. something today right yeah and uh, i will say i hope they finish some of that because i will definitely play i would definitely play a yearly sort of story drop uh on this halo infinite platform so like yep. I, w I would definitely keep doing this yep um as we've talked about there's tons of collectibles in the game, which I was surprising. I mean, it's an open world game, so you'd expect it, but I didn't expect it in a Halo open world game. Um, and then, like again, like in Assassin's Creed or Far Cry, when you get to a new area for the first time, you discover that area. Mm -hmm. um, you take over outposts throughout the open world, and when you do, like all the USNC shows up, and it's yeah. it's not as elaborate. And that's what uh, opens up. That's what marks all the collectibles on the map nearby. Yep. So just like a Ubisoft tower. And then you can start spawning vehicles from that outpost mm -hmm. as well. And as you complete missions, you earn this currency called Valor. Valor. And the more Valor you get, the more vehicles and weapons that are unlocked out the outpost for you to spawn and then yeah. use. And I was pleasantly surprised to find that that was actually just whatever your total of Valor, that is what unlocks. I, th I thought I was going to have to spend Valor oh. to unlock each of those oh, things. Oh, yeah. So I was like playing, okay, I'll save up until I can afford the battle rifle. But then, no, they just as you progress in the Valor total, all those open up as you go. You don't have to spend yep. it. It's not a currency. Yep. Um, you die a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's not Even on normal, it's not a pushover. You, you, go, just, you go in guns blazing, you're going to get killed. You just die because you get surrounded by enemies, and sometimes they just throw a grenade. You never see them. You never hear it, and it mm -hmm. just blows you up. It's just that's Halo. It's always been that way. Um, the game has gone back to the 15 seconds at a time mantra mm -hmm. where the game is built in these little mini skirmishes that are all snapped together to create a whole and it's great the pacing is awesome there's very little downtime there's just yeah. enough downtime yeah because it, it feels does good like you even, fight a lot yeah even fighting but even fighting like the i used to never like fighting the brutes because they felt like sponges and they don't anymore no like it feels like you're doing damage yeah, enough of their armor flies off and you're shooting them that it feels like okay i'm doing something mm -hmm. and they react to things you can you know most of them except some of the berserkers you can stop if you have yep. a weapon with enough stopping power you can like stop them um and when they die it's satisfying they adopted that battlefield thing where the you know little red x pops up to show yep. that you killed them yeah um, so you don't have to guess whether you finished them off great for like long range stuff yeah um love it they do a there's been a couple articles about this but it's like I can tell what everything is at range. Like, yeah. I can look across a fucking canyon and look at the other rim of the canyon and tell what is shooting at me. Yeah. I mean, that's a vulture or a brute or whatever. I'm like, what happened to that in, in shooters? <laughs> like, it's like the, the visual, the visual readability of this game is is crystal clear 4k like, helps the, the, yeah well i mean the, the graphics aren't crystal clear at all times but i know exactly what i'm looking at enemy wise even way way away like they yeah. they did a really good i mean i granted it helps that you have all these different individually shaped aliens and it's not all just like men in soldier outfits you know that's it's just like they've got an advantage here where they get to 
you know, the original Halo created these silhouettes, basically, yeah. of these of these characters to work on a, a lower res console. And it, it has it's a testament to how good Bungie the you know Bungie of old was that you put these these character designs in these enemy designs in in a game twenty years later and it still works. Yeah, yep, yeah. The, the enemies all pretty much you fought a million times yeah. before. It is just literally. But I'm a happy throwback. to see them. Yeah. Um, I, after all the Promethean crap. I, I think am... people earlier in the chat were like, "It's a throwback," but it has an open world. It does, but when you're playing the game, it feels like an old Halo game. Yeah. It has, and that's the, a compliment. It is for me. like people. I think maybe people in chat were like saying we're trying to slag it for that. No, the throwback like, doesn't mean bad. Yeah, like I like this more than Halo Four and Five. Oh yeah, <laughs> maybe we should have said that off the top oh, yeah. and been blatantly clear about it. Um, but we both like this way more than Halo Four and Five. It's everything we're saying isn't like we're not criticizing the game every time we bring up something about it. Um, everyone's sensitive today. What's going on? Everyone's like on edge or all aggro. I don't get it. Um, Let's see. You die a lot. No, not much wildlife in the open world either, compared yeah. to most open world games these yeah. days. I mean, there's definitely creatures around, but you don't yeah. really do anything with them. You hear it, like the the sound design has like mm. all these animals, but there's like a couple birds in this guy. I've Every seen, once in a while, like, I've come across a couple ground animals. Yeah, I've seen a fair amount of animals, but they just, they just don't do anything. Yeah, they're, they're, you can't even. I don't think you can even kill them. I haven't tried. Neither have I. But, yeah. like, but there's no like. There's no reason to. Yeah. There's no hunting. It's not a. Yeah, you're yeah. not crafting bags and stuff out of them. Yeah. There's no crafting at all. No. In this game, which is something else that a lot of open world games has that this does not have. Um, as we said, once you take over outposts, you can fast travel to any of them you want. It's generally quick and snappy. It does go to a quick load, um, but it is pretty fast, and it helps a lot because, as I said, there aren't just vehicles everywhere in this world. Um, Matt's come across a couple. I came across one in the open world. But for the most part, it's not like you're playing Far Cry where there's like 20 cars per every square yeah, mile. there's no traffic. Yeah, there's no traffic at all. And so getting like across the map can be a little annoying depending on the vehicle that you have. Like, because some of the trails are kind of narrow. So you have a warthog. You have to go slow to make sure you're not hitting rocks on the side of the road and stuff like that. So the fast travel works very well and it helps... Uh, a lot in this game, more than a lot of other open world games, because the vehicles aren't quite as prevalent. Um, so we've been talking about upgrades for Chief. You can basically upgrade like a handful of his abilities, and they don't—they're not there at the beginning. As we said earlier, as you come across fallen Spartans, they give you these abilities, um, and there's like a handful of them that you can up—you can upgrade as you go along. Um, there is the grapple shot, which is basically his grapple hook or his hook shot if you're a Zelda fan. Uh, the shield core, which basically just makes your shield more powerful. The threat sensor, which is essential in one boss fight. I don't know if you've got to that. Have you got the threat sensor yet? I did. The boss fight right after that, if you use the threat sensor, is easy as pie. I, you went was, the hard still, way? Was, no, I did, I did the easy way. Oh, okay. He died in 10 seconds Yeah. because he was standing next to explosive stuff. So uh, I blew the explosive stuff up, and he just fell over. <laughs> that's like, awesome. I've had that a couple, happen a couple times where, like, uh, like the the infamous enemies, you mm -hmm. go, like, a couple times I've, I've been fighting them, it was a long fight, and then suddenly they just fell over. Hmm. Just died, like, like when I blew up something near them, and it felt, oh, like, okay. it felt like they shouldn't have taken that much damage from it, but they just died. But there's boss fights, a lot of boss fights in this game, mm -hmm. and they're easy. Once you figure out, all you have to do is just unload all your grenades. Yeah. So I would try to get cute or smart in fighting the bosses at first. Yeah, plasma grenades. Just and literally, you can hold like six grenades at a time. 
I just literally just throw all six at once, and it kills almost every boss in the game, like immediately. Um, just a pro tip for you there as you make Anything it further that into sticks, the game. Anything like the plasma grenades and the and the, the handle grenades that stick. Those mm-hmm. are your those are your key boss weapons. Yep, they help a lot. Even if you're just good even at if they're invisible, the they will still stick to them. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, so you have like those things that you can upgrade. So at first you get the ability from the fallen Spartans, and then as you play. You get these credits that you can use to upgrade each one. Well, that's what you find in the you find those in the open world. Yeah, um, which is one of the reasons. Are those on the map? Yeah, the upgrade ones are the Spartan points. Yeah, yeah, they are Spartan points, Mjolnir blockers, armories, uh, skulls, um, and uh, the skulls appear on the map sometimes. How did I miss that? I don't know. I haven't seen skulls forever because sometimes they. I wonder if I accidentally filtered the icons on my map. That could be, but sometimes like you. You, you know, you highlight the base or whatever, and it'll be like, it'll show you the, the collectibles nearby. Sometimes they're like redded out, and I think that means you can't get them yet. Gotcha. Okay. But, uh, but the, when I've gotten the, the one skull I got appeared on the map at the top of that tower, and I was able to get up there and, and get it. Um, so, yeah, like everything except the audio logs seems to uh, appear. And the audio logs can be confused. The audio logs are pretty easy to find because they show up on the radar, on the on the scan thing you can do, and they, and they make a loud beep. Mm-hmm. Um, however... Like one of the op, like the first purple base, uh, I found two audio logs while I was doing that, and when it finished and took over the base, it says I'm missing. I I, I have zero out of two audio logs. Really? So I'm not sure if that's a glitch or there's two more that I haven't found. I those didn't. I've count. had a few glitches know. here and there, but it's the code's pretty clean. Yeah, I mean, I, there was a lot of stuff in the in the early reviews about how like what a technical mess it was, but I haven't had a an issue. I had one boss that kneeled down and then slid across the map <laughs> Neil knelt <laughs> like he didn't move he just started sliding across like the area so there's a couple slight bugs but for the most part this game's pretty clean um the grapple shot is awesome have you really mm-hmm. started messing around and like experimenting yeah. with it have you upgraded it i upgraded it to like zap people yeah, yeah it makes a big difference and to recharge faster because like I kept falling off things and wanting to, like, Spider-Man back up, yep. and it wouldn't recharge fast enough. And now it recharges just fast enough yeah. for you to make progress up. It's awesome. It's so you can grapple two enemies and pull yourself into them. And after you upgrade it the first time, it will shock them and stun them. And against, like, the brutes and some of the tougher enemies in the game, it's invaluable. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of times I just hook shot to them, stun them, and just melee them because I don't want to waste ammo. Because that's another part of this game, ammo. Like, if you find a gun that you really fall in love with, you can't just keep using it. Eventually, you're going to run out of ammo, and you have to switch to something else, um, which is fine because, there one, there are so many weapons in this game, Matt. So many. And a lot of them are awesome. I enjoy using almost all of them. Yeah, the only ones I don't really like are still the ones that I never liked. Like, yeah. I still don't I like... I still like the Needler. The Needler. But... Like, I love the concept of the Needler... But I don't like using it in combat. Yeah, like I will use the needler if I have to. And but sometimes like, you do. Sometimes you do. But like it's, and you can also find um, uh, yeah, unique versions of of the various weapons. Like when usually by doing the when you do the fights with the notorious like the most wanted guys, like you'll usually get a souped up version of a, of a standard weapon doing that. That you can yeah. then spawn at the base, which is cool. Yep. Um, I love the weapons in this. One of my they're favorites. good at rewarding you for like even though there's not a ton. It's, it's not like super dense Far Cry level density for things to do in the open world. You are generally rewarded properly for anything you yep. do out there. Yep, absolutely. 
Um, there are ammo stations in the game, mm-hmm. just like these places you can just walk up to and completely fill up your like your plasma stuff. It's generally yeah. for like the there's, alien. There's weapons. three different. There's um, there's plasma and kinetic, which is standard bullets, and hard light. Yep. Which is uh, Prometheus like, stuff. Yeah, that's like super weapons basically, yeah. and you don't come across those very often. But I love how the guns feel. I've I've pretty much learned how to use every one of them, and some of them are are very good in specific situations. Like the the blaster weapons are great on enemies with shields because mm-hmm. the blaster immediately disintegrates the shield. You can also use the hook shot to take the shield away from shielded enemies, mm-hmm. which is another technique that I found. I just hook shot them really quickly. They blast back, and the shield goes up, and then I follow up with a couple blasts to finish them off. Like the combat in this is is really good. And it's not all that different from Halo 3, but that's okay. Because they had kind of nailed it at that point with Halo 3. Um, what else? I mean, one thing I'll say is that this this game just provides so many memorable moments where just random stuff happens. Like, you'll there will be a group of enemies, and one of the little dudes will pull out a grenade. And, but you headshot him right before he throws it. So it just drops in the middle of the enemy. And then the, all the enemies just scatter to try to get mm-hmm. it. Like, that stuff happens all the time. Just these little yeah. moments. And that, that you're used like, to be sort of the, the core of the Halo experience. And then the Prometheans came right. along. And that stopped. Yeah. And it's back. And, yeah. All, you're random, you know, blow, I'll blow up a little plasma container. And I'll kill some guys. But then that'll set off, like, another plasma container. The plasma container is, like, if they get hit on the, on the bottom, like, will rock it around. Like a little, like, you know, like a... Like a like a container that's been you know, like that'll blow something else up and knock a guy out of cover and then I get to shoot like it's the, the chain reaction of stuff happening is very satisfying all the time all the time and to your point earlier you're talking about the explosive crates like I didn't mess around with those for the first like hour or two mm-hmm. I kind of avoided them but you're right you got to use them yeah you grapple that you know that's that's a good that's a solution I've used a number of times like oh these guys are coming at me <laughs> pull that in grapple boom it. smack like, them with that'll it. kill them yep. usually even or, the brutes don't, can't really take more than one shot to the face from a plasma canister. You can also grapple to any vehicle. So mm-hmm. if the enemy has a vehicle and you want it, just grapple to it and then just hit the X button, overtake the vehicle, and it's yours. Mm-hmm. Um, the verticality that it adds to the game in general makes a big difference. Yeah. Grappling hooks in open worlds are generally just they good They work ideas. pretty well. Yeah. Um, it's not quite as freeform as Just Cause, because Just Cause... No is built just for that. Like, every environment they design yeah, that's the for the grapple That's the primary traversal hook. mechanic yeah. in Just Cause. This is more of an a, an aid. But a very effective very one. Very good. And, and a good. very fun one. And it ensures you never have to worry about not being able to get up something or yep. climb something or, you're oh, i got to go around this mountain. No, you can go, no, you you can go, go over it. it. Yeah, you're it's good. pretty awesome. And it works well, too. Like, the controls for it are intuitive and they Once work. Once you switch them. Yeah, yeah. Don't you switch it? Because I'm, I'm like, why are you on the grenade shoulder button? Why, why are <laughs> I you? I switched there? that as soon as I started playing. Yeah, I don't know why they did it that way. Is that the way classic Halo is? No, but my my hands want to say that right bumper is grenade. Yeah, and I know. I actually I know in the old Halos, left trigger was grenade. It was. Yeah, I forgot that because there was no zoom. Oh right. It was just fire right. and left trigger. Fire, fire and grenade. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that makes sense. Um, what else? I think that's it. No chapter select. You notice that? Yeah, I did. So because you can always just go back. Yeah. To Most locations. Halo games, like you can just choose the chapter that you want to play mm-hmm. and go back and replay it. But in this one, it's not that way. Maybe they say right. it's coming. Yeah, it'll probably be coming just like co-op. Um, it is weird. This is the first Halo game, Halo campaign I have not played co-op since Halo One. No. Oh. Every other Halo game I have played co-op 
for the I never first play. I always time. play by myself usually. I always play. I've always played first time co op. Uh, so the first, and I don't really miss it in this because uh, it feels appropriate as a solo solo game. It's a Master Chief game. Yeah, it's all about him. And, and for an open world thing, I prefer to dick around and take my time and not worry about what somebody else wants to do. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, I love it. I think it's great. Would you spend sixty dollars for it? Yeah. You would? Yeah, I would. I would buy this. This yeah. is the best. I would. Here's the thing. I probably wouldn't have before I played it. Okay. But now that I'm playing well, it, that's like, why we're here. But now that I'm playing <laughs> it, I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have been unhappy if I bought that. I bought this. It's I'm, good. It's really good. I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, I'm. I'm really happy this. with it. The Game Pass thing creates a weird demographic shift sometimes. So like. You know, clearly tons of people are playing this game. Mm-hmm. But tons of them do not seem to be playing the campaign. Because when I got to the... Because I, I think I played... You know, I I got to the open world part like late afternoon mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah. And the achievement pops for getting to that part. Yeah. That's like what? Like an hour and a half, two hours yeah, in the game? almost two hours. Yep. 1.71% of people had unlocked that achievement. Wow. So people are not playing the campaign. Or too much. people had to work yesterday and I couldn't do. play till they got home. But it, uh, but I think it's in count, you know, in cl- counting everyone who's played that's the still multiplayer. Low. That's still really yeah, everyone who's played yeah. the multiplayer for like the last however many weeks. Yeah. So uh, that's a low number for yeah. sure. Yeah. And and even going further into the evening, I was unlocking stuff that I thought was pretty basic, like steal a steal a vehicle or like. Um, stick someone with a grenade. It was still like 1.2 percent of players have unlocked this kind of thing. So I'm not sure what the deal is there. Um, I don't know that I would spend 60 bucks on this. And here's something also to keep in mind: if you do, Johnny a- Hurricane just beat the fourth mission and got a three percent have oh, wow. unlocked this achievement. That's, okay. that's, so it's going up a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, our biter Zach is correct. Achievements pop late on this game. Interesting. Like I get like the stuff where it's like, oh, you did this stupid human trick thing. It'll pop minutes later. Huh. I have all mine turned off, so I don't even know when they. Pop. I, I like to see them. I know because <laughs> you record footage and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't. But I like to... to see that the gem pop up. With yeah. The, all the, oh, the if I didn't have to use this footage for B-roll, I would absolutely yeah. have my have them turned on. It's a little um, dopamine hit every time one pops and up. Cinetyke says played the first few hours of Master Chief Collection, didn't like it. Feels like I missed the Halo boat. Can this change my my mind? Can this game change my heart? Maybe. I think it plays the best of any of the Halos. It feels the best to play. I mean, play. The, the first Halo Multiplayer does feel dated now. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, like, I loved Halo when it came. You know, I played a lot. played Halo 1 probably three times on the original Xbox. I, I, it was, you know, I, I played 2 a fair amount. I loved 3. I loved ODST. And I have not been able to get through a single one of these games again on Master Chief Collection. Like, I don't think they've aged well. Yeah, I think they have. Ju- they just feel this they feel archaic. <laughs> they feel archaic gameplay wise, and the story is not compelling or plentiful enough to pull me through them. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, I I would say that this is way better, way better. And I and <laughs> yeah. like you know I have like, had a couple people say he's like you know I've never played Halo. Maybe I should you know go back and and go through that series. I'm like I don't think you should. I don't think it's gonna hook you. I think they've been surpassed. Yeah. You know, they they were it's one of those things where it's like it's hugely influential and as a result it has been built on over and over and over and things you've played since then have been building on what Halo did and I think going back to Halo if you don't have nostalgia for it is going to feel archaic. This is the best first person shooter campaign I've played in a long long time. I, this is the best first person shooter campaign I've played since since uh in, Titanfall Infinite 2. Warfare. Infinite maybe. Warfare Titanfall 2 yeah. were the only things that come close. Yep. It's really good. Is it worth sixty bucks? I would I would say no. That's a lot just to play a campaign. The other thing to keep in mind too is if you do not have Game Pass, and look, 
This yeah, that's is, the thing is you should never have to pay 60 you shouldn't bucks have for to. it. But just in case. Like if you do not have Game Pass, which you absolutely you should, should. Even if you just Just get it for, for a month. This month. 15 bucks and you yeah, got Halo instead of 60 Halo bucks. You'll get Halo Infinite yeah. for 15 bucks. But if you are adverse to that, you don't want to subscribe to Game Pass for whatever reason, something to keep in mind is for 60 bucks, you are really only getting the campaign. And first of all, the campaign isn't even on the disc. Mm-hmm. And so you are only getting the campaign. You get no multiplayer anything for no the $60. Pass, no it doesn't pay for the season pass. It does nothing. You get it just no... unlocks the campaign yep. in the game, which is, let's be honest, uh, as Sterling would say, a live service. Yeah, a triple yeah. A. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, <laughs> it's uh, you know, wouldn't, didn't go live till 10 no matter what. If you had the disc or not, yeah. Yesterday, 10, 10 a.m. Pacific yesterday. Um, yeah. So, yeah. it just get Game Pass for a month. Like it's and it's worth it. It this campaign's definitely worth thirteen dollars, yeah. fifteen dollars. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. While you have it, why not play Forza Horizon Five yeah. for the whole? I mean, month? honestly, there's a couple moments where I was playing. I'm like, well, I'm I keep I should keep going because I want to I want to get through this and finish it. Because mm-hmm. um, I should have finished it because I paid for it. And I'm like. No, I didn't. Like, it's, a, it's just moments where I'm like, I got this as part of the Game Pass. That's crazy. They just gave me Halo. I saw a discussion on the site this week where someone was making the point that they were angry that we say you're not paying for it when you get something on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like, you are paying for it. You're paying $13 a month. It's like, but... But I don't think of it like that. Yeah, it's like, I don't either. It's like, do I think of, do I feel like I paid for the Witcher ser- TV series right. on Netflix? No, I paid for Netflix. Right, exactly. Like, I don't feel like I paid for the individual items. Right. I'm paying for a subscription. And how does that math work out? Did I pay like one-fifth of a penny for Halo Infinite if yeah. I'm a subscriber for Game Or like Game once I, like yeah. once I, you total up the hours I play it, like, it, and what if I also play Forza Horizon this, this week? It, like, look, I don't know what the... The motivation was behind the comment. The person could have been a PlayStation fan. I mean, yeah, it's not free technically, yeah. it's, uh, but but it feels free in comparison to having to pay sixty bucks a pop or seventy or I seventy mean, or yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. Um, and then I wanted to say before we so, move yeah, you're on, paying for it in the sense that you're buying a subscription. It gives you access to things, but that's not the same thing as paying for the game. The game costs seventy dollars, right? Yeah, or it you would. did not pay seventy dollars. Yeah. I, instead, I paid. Okay, fifty-seven dollars like. for a year. <laughs> yeah, um, and then one thing I want to say before we move on is I want to talk about multiplayer very quickly because I have continued to play it since we talked about it a few episodes ago. It's still great. I still really enjoy it. There needs to be way more maps for a big team battle. I mm. literally feel like I'm playing the same three maps over and over and over again in big team battle, and the, the progression is just absurd. Uh, it's like molasses. It's absurd. I don't know what 343 was thinking. Like, they they just changed something this week where, like, your first five matches of the day, you get double XP, and then it goes back to the really slow grind again. But XP for what? To the For the battle pass, to unlock stuff That's in the battle it? pass. So you don't have to... So you can unlock stuff without paying for so it. So, like, Fortnite stuff. Yeah. Basically. Okay. basically, it's the same business model. It's mm-hmm. like you can grind your ass off and get something for free, or you can just pay for it. And I do not feel like that quotient in Halo Infinite is right. And compounding things... I haven't seen anyone say it feels right. Right. And compounding things, again, as I said, if you do buy the the full cost version at $60, you get nothing. Yeah, they could have at least given you the first season. They give you the battle pass. they They had to give you the battle pass for $60. That's crazy, dude. Like, so I'm not happy with how they're handling progression, but at the same time, like... 
it's not like I'm envious. It's not like I see other people out there who have bought the battle pass and have all this stuff. And I'm like, Oh, I wish I had that hand armor piece. Like that mm-hmm. game, this game is really not like that. So it does mute the impact of the progression a little bit because really for me, there's not a lot worth busting my butt to try to unlock. Like once I had, I can choose the color of my Spartan. Like I'm pretty much good. Like I don't need like all the other goofy stuff that people, and you can see, look, Hardly anyone has specialized armor. Everyone no. just looks like a Spartan of it with a different color or maybe a different. I think helmet. eventually they will. You know, people get there, but like, will I cares? get there though? Like, I don't think I will. Like, yeah. also, have you ever? I mean, that's sort of the thing with any of these, you know, customization. Have you ever looked at another player and be like, oh wow, that's really cool? Like, you look at them in for some like, games. Oh, I, I have like, very rare. I mean, like yeah. some MMOs, I've seen stuff from like, oh, that's a cool thing they've got. But yeah. I know that they grind. You know, they did they, they, they grinded for that stuff for yeah. like months you oh, know I can't do- that's why i'm impressed this is, and like you know i don't know like you and usually it's something where it's like oh you're they're wearing a giant robe that has eagles flying out of it and their hair is on fire <laughs> and you know it's like yeah. nothing like that is really happening here yeah. um the samurai outfit's cool but like mm. yep um but look i am enjoying multiplayer still it's still fun um what, do i think it'll be like my daily driver shooter for the next eight ten months probably not does progression have something to do with that? A little bit. Yeah. Oh, I do think the Warthogs are too slippery. They, they, f- they feel a little... Even by Halo standards? Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> they, they don't have the... the you know, I, I can't describe it except by saying, like... They have no weight. There's no weight. If the, 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 old, the old Halos, the, the Warthogs had some grip to yeah. them. Yeah. You know, and I feel they like... They bite they, into the road Yeah, I don't feel yeah. like they do that in this. They definitely feel like they just float along yeah. the surface. Yeah, for sure. But I'm still having fun with it. Um, I think if you go in without the expectation, if you're if you're not a big Call of Duty player, you may not even have this expectation. But if you don't have the expectation of I'm going to earn something with every match that I play, mm-hmm. then it maybe won't affect you as much. But if you do play a lot of shooters, it is definitely out of the ordinary. Yeah, and it's probably wise for them to go that route with it because Halo doesn't really support that idea. Mm-hmm. Like there just isn't that much stuff to earn in yeah, there Halo. Isn't. Like, yeah. It's not how it works. Yeah, because yeah. they want the, all the weapons out on the map. Yeah. So it's like, how do you unlock stuff? You don't. The weapons don't have attachments, so you're not going to be unlocking new attachments. Yeah. Like, it's all just cosmetics. It is. Yeah. And, and I don't care about only, that that much. There's only so. so many of those things you can put in there. Yep. And since they're so tied to the battle pass, they want you to pay money for. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, it's a racket, but like, at least it feels good to play. Honestly, if I if you bought the box version and they gave you the season pass, I probably wouldn't have anything to complain about. Mm-hmm. Like, it does suck that the progression is slow, but when you reach a new level, I don't get anything that's exciting anyway. Yeah. So it's like I just kind of I just zone out now at the end of matches and I don't yeah. pay attention. Like I'm like we won, and that's all I care about. I don't really care about like watching my meter go up because again, doesn't get you anything. You don't get anything. So it's an interesting. Release on so many levels, Matt. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this is a precedent here. This is Microsoft's biggest exclusive being released. Uh, so, so, at least one person hates to hear this for free, and then this other free-to-play multiplayer component and how they're handling the monetization to try to offset the lost revenue. Like, it's we've never seen this before. Mm-hmm. So it is a learning experience for me as a journalist covering it because I've never had to look at a game this way before. Um, but it's good for consumers and players. It's amazing. Like, we both recommend Halo Infinite. If you don't have Game Pass, go get it right now and download Halo Infinite. It is a return to form for Halo. And Matt, I finally feel comfortable 
that Halo is going to go forward in a positive way. Yeah. I think they figured it out. That's huge. Which is good. It is huge. Like, I am excited to go home and play more. Well, I'm not going to go home and play more Halo because the Game Awards are coming on. But after yeah. the Game Awards are over, I will play more Halo. Yeah. Uh, and I honestly didn't think I would be saying that. Yep. You, dude, you haven't played a shooter in forever. I don't play a lot of shooters. I don't, you know, I don't care about Halo much anymore. Yeah. But Halo 4 and 5, really, I really didn't like those it games. It really turned. I mean, I did too. And look. To this, the point that, I mean, anyone who watched this show knows that when Halo Infinite would pop up on things, I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. I don't care. Like, I always said, Halo Infinite's going to have to really you know nail what halo used to be to yeah. get me back on board and they did and it, so, it does I mean, yeah well done three yeah. four three. i mean it only took you three games but like you know they figured they got there yeah my big complaint about four and five were that the mission objectives were just dumb yeah. all of them were like kill everything and flip a switch yep and don't get me wrong they get a lot of mileage out of the flipping you know, the switch that, animation in this but game you know too, what but after i flip that switch and i turn around and fight some some elites that helps a lot than having it to just, like, unload a 14 clips into a Promethean I don't care yeah. about. Like, like Halo, to me, at the at the core, is Master Chief versus an Elite. Yeah. Like, that is Halo to yeah, me. Yeah. And, like, that came back, and the Elites have been beefed up. They're faster. Yeah. Like, they're, fighting an Elite is very different from fighting a Brute, even more than it used to be. Yeah. And I, I like that a lot. Yep. When I'm fighting an Elite, I have to change my tactics. Yeah. Uh, and that's really good. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really good, people. It's... It's a great game. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really happy to see it. Congrats to 343. Um, I, this franchise used to be near and dear to my heart, and I'd fallen mm-hmm. off over the last couple entries. Like, yeah, I, like I really, fe- really felt like Halo wasn't even part of the conversation anymore. It wasn't, and now I feel like it is again. Yeah. And that's a big deal. It's a big deal for Microsoft, too. Yeah. And it's crazy. That the, the rumor is that they cut, I mean, according to Schreier, they mm-hmm. cut, like, 30% of the yeah. game out. He's, he's a... Two thirds. Two thirds. Is it two thirds of the game? It's crazy. I mean, and feel free to recycle that and give us more, you know, content drops yeah, for that. Give I'll, us some I'll DLC. keep playing it. I'll build that map out. I'd love yeah. to see that. Let it keep growing. Absolutely. So there you go. That's Halo Infinite. That's two enthusiastic thumbs up from Matt and I. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not be okay buying it for sixty bucks. That's where I draw the line because the campaign is kind of wrapping up for me, and I've probably played about ten hours. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm at the final act. So 60 bucks for 10 to 15 hours, depending on your skill level, that's that's a tough ask. But yeah. just subscribe to Game Pass. Big Smoke 82 asks how long the campaign is, and most people seem to be saying it's 10 to 11 hours if you, oh. don't, if you do minimal exploration. I mean, like, I've played like 9 or 10 hours, and I feel like two, the two things that they have been talking about the whole game, I've accomplished them. So I feel like I'm on that mm-hmm. final stretch. So, and yes, El Guapo, I think this is what Halo should do from now. This, this sort of half open world thing I think is I think is their their format now. Yeah, if you guys have any questions about Halo Infinite, feel free to put them in the chat right now. We'll answer a bunch of them. This is obviously the big uh topic for this week's show and we're willing to dedicate some time to it if you guys have questions about it. Some of you guys may not even own an Xbox Series mm-hmm. console yet or a gaming yeah. PC and you may be wondering like is it worth it to buy a Series X to play this with Game Pass? That's I wouldn't buy a console for it. Would you buy a PC instead? No. Um, in part because of some of the stuff I saw this week about Game Pass on PC being a nightmare. Um, like, have to reinstall Windows nightmare. Um, which I didn't know about because I don't use that on, on that on my C drive. But uh, <laughs> Street Breaker has a question. How long have y'all been gamers? Mm. Uh... <laughs> Longer than you've been alive, probably. <laughs> probably twice as long as you've been alive, based on demographics on Twitch, would be my 19, guess. 1979. I have been, been a gamer it. since 
the first ever video game. Yeah, the uh, I saw an Asteroids machine at a Ferrell's restaurant in San Mateo, and when I was three years old, and that was I knew, I yeah. knew the instant I saw the TV you could play, I knew. I got a skeet, which is a game where you just shoot a white dot that flies <laughs> around the screen. I've seen that. And Pong, it was built in. It was a whole console just for skeet and Pong. Mm-hmm. That was my one, first one gaming of those, console. Uh, one of those ripoffs, ripoffs of the Odyssey. Yeah. yeah, we've been playing a long time, my friend, a really long time. Um, any other questions about Halo? Um, Do you Scorpio's need to play finest. Do we need to play previous Halo titles to enjoy Infinite? Well, no, (laughs) but you probably do need to understand what the hell's going on. Like I've played every Halo, and I was still confused at the beginning of the game. They do slowly kind of explain what's going on, but again, there's a six-month gap from the end of Halo 5 to the beginning of Halo Infinite. And so you have to rely on the game to fill you in on what happened during those six months, and it does it slowly. Mm. Um, and it doesn't do a lot to make you care It doesn't. about yeah. what happened in those six months. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of stuff where, you know, like a, a Spartan will die, and, like, Master Chief will be, like, all, and, like, be sad and take a shit. And, <laughs> and, like, Sucks like, for you. Thanks for the power and, up. Um, but, like... <sighs> Yes, I know it's supposed to be sad because some of these Spartans are Spartans that he grew up with, mm. uh, as, and you know, trained with, a, a, after being kidnapped and been <laughs> turned into Halsey's experiment and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and they do touch on that, but like, I don't have any emotional connection to that. Yeah, that, that, I mean, I read the book that 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 comes from, and it's like it's fine. I yeah. guess like it's sort of like Ender's Game meets X Men or something. But like, yeah. it's just the, the idea of Master Chief being like like depressed that his friends are dying is just like really that's a like, hard sell he doesn't really i mean not that i need to see his face necessarily but like every other time you know whenever anyone else expresses any kind of doubt or anything he's just like it's like the mission has changed we gotta go they, they we, wrote we him well though and they, i mean he well. is who he is but they like nail that's, him, but that's yeah. what i mean is like i'm sure he has a rich emotional internal life but <laughs> i have a hard time believing it just off of the, the couple of like you know when 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 the sad we listen to a lot of Marty O'Donnell music, music plays, and um, music's good, but it's not quite there. It's just, it's just, it's just kind of cheesy most of the time. Uh, but I would say that no matter who, whether, no matter how much you know about Halo, you are going to enjoy pointing and shooting in this yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. The gameplay is just, the loop is really fun. Um, it's addictive yeah. for sure. And you might, I mean, I guess it probably helps if you played the last few Halos to understand how much better this is. That's true. Some people may not realize yeah, that how far it may not going. feel all that different or great compared to if you've played a lot of like, I don't know, Destiny or uh, mm-hmm. or even Battlefield and Call of Duty in recent years. Um, but uh, if you've been playing Halo. If you've been playing Halo, this is a revolution. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we have a couple more questions. Uh, Mermelson, have you tried other difficulties? How's Legendary? I think default the default normal difficulty is perfect. I think normal's pretty solid. I would not try legendary on this without a co-op partner. It's very well tuned to yeah. the default difficulty setting. I, I, I definitely wouldn't do it if I w- didn't have the ability the co-op respawn ability. Yep. That's which is also kind of true of all the Halo games legendary settings. Yep. Like playing legendary solo is just you're just trying to raise your stress levels at that point. Um, from El Guapo three three eight five, is there a difference in the frames per second between the multiplayer and campaign modes? Does it change the feel of the game overall? So when you play the campaign, you can choose to set it as quality or performance. Mm-hmm. Um, quality, I'm playing on quality. I think I am too. I'm playing on whatever the default was. I didn't it's, think it's to look. It's quality. Yeah. yeah. And so it's you, fine. It's prettier, but the frame rate isn't as fast. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's 30. Yeah. And if you set for the performance setting, then you get the frames per second. So you have a choice. 
Um, and both of them, honestly, I couldn't even tell that the quality was less than 60 frames. It's yeah, usually it's not. Smooth. I mean, same with, like, I didn't mess with the settings on this because didn't, it didn't occur to me. I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. Halo campaign runs at 30. I'm used to it. Um, but, like, on, like, Forza Horizon 5, I... You know, I switched between the two, and like I couldn't. It's hard to tell. I couldn't tell the difference between yeah. performance and quality. So I just went with performance on that because racing games should be sixty. You know, we never talked about the visuals in this game, really. Yeah. Um, which I am, I will admit, which might I'm, say something. Yeah, I'm a itself. little disappointed in them. I think they look fine. They're fine. That's about as far as. But it goes. they're not like they look better than that first reveal. They do. Um, but there are moments where it looks like that first reveal too. Here and there. I mean, one of the reasons that first reveal looked like it was because of how they are they are simulating the light realistically yeah. in places and realistic light doesn't look too good dramatically yeah. so like there's a reason films don't look like reality so they had to kind of emphasize that a little bit and so now it looks a little more, it looks a little less realistic but it looks better it looks yeah. to our eyes it looks more dramatic and, and more contrasty and that's better to, to most people part of the um, problem is it's halo and so inevitably yeah. you go inside these huge steel yeah. installations big steel corridors and big open pine forests and that's of, pretty much it there's a lot of repetitive textures in the game and, and you don't even really get um you know, like great suns because it's a halo ring so there's yeah. no like there's no weather there's no you know yeah, there's no cycle yeah there's like no light cycle. there's no natural world to really simulate i've so. often wondered like how does all the wildlife get there um i think the implicate <laughs> i mean some of it's experimental in the book some of it's like intentionally like seeded by they the forerunners there, yeah. but some of it's just like the idea that like life Finds a way. We sort of, but yeah. I mean, life is essentially the same as like fungus growing on an apple you left out in the yard. You know, like if you, the idea being if you leave anything with enough oxygen and carbon in the universe with with sunlight, you will get life on it. Whether you like it, it'll be like maggots. You know, you're like, God damn. Like, like the idea, you know, there's almost an idea, especially with the halo rings being, you know, an eradication of, you know, the halo rings are. Basically, a, a sterilization yeah. device yeah. to sterilize the galaxy, uh, sort of like with the Reapers in in Mass Effect. Yeah. It's like that idea of life as a nuisance, right? That as, as organic life is something that, like yeah. you can't stop it, but you gotta you gotta clean the bathroom once in a while, you know? Like <laughs> right. like that kind of that is a cool thing to me. I, I think that's a, a fun idea. Halo doesn't really do much with it, but you know. Vincent says quality is sixty frames, performance is one twenty. So there you go. That's mm. why playing it on quality is still great. Because it's okay. still running at 60 frames per second. Um, I have not found Craig's Memorial. What did you say? Mitchell is alive. I said you find Craig's Memorial. I have not found Craig's oh. Memorial, but I know it's in there. Yeah. It's uh, not, the game's not a stunner. No. It yeah. has its moments. Like the one boss fight we were talking about earlier, it takes place in this area with all red lights and tons of fog. Mm-hmm. And it's dramatic and it does make yeah. an impact. But like the Demon Souls remake. Um, Ratchet yeah. and Clank yeah, ripped got, apart. It's still got to run on Xbox One. Miles Morales. All those games destroy this game. Yeah, because well, there's no ray tracing that, that I've noticed. I don't um, even know if that would help it, honestly. Maybe not. Maybe I mean, a little. It, it looks like what it looks. Ne- it needs to look like. It's yeah. fine. Like it, it's, it's serviceable, yeah. but it's not going to blow nice. you away. It looks yeah. nice, but it doesn't blow me away like Tsushima or even even limited to not PS5 only. Like Tsushima yeah. or God of War, even God of War yeah. with the upgrade, the F60 frames upgrade. Agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's serviceable uh, and it looks fine. But Craig, yeah. yeah, Craig is in there somewhere. Yeah. We'll find him. Craig, right. I, I, I do like that on uh, Reset Era, the title the title of the official thread for Halo Infinite is uh, The Assassination of Craig the Brute by the Coward Master Chief. <laughs> like, that's, that's very clever. That's pretty good. Uh, so there you go. That's Halo Infinite. I think we got to all your questions at this point. Um, Mitchell is alive. Does the 30 frames per second animations mm-hmm. bug you? 
Is your HDR busted in cutscenes? My TV has not spit out any HDR errors. Have, have no, I haven't. I haven't had any HDR. I mean, I certainly am aware of HDR errors after that GTA collection. Right. But no, it looks it looks fine. Yeah, it's working fine on my LG. Haven't had a, haven't had an issue with that, which is a little unusual because H, if there's going to be a system that the HDR is screwy on, it's going to be the Xbox. They crush the blacks constantly. Yeah. Uh, but this no, this one looks fine. I, I haven't a, haven't had a problem. Yep. Okay, that's it for Halo Infinite. It's time to move on. We're going to talk next about someone we just mentioned a couple minutes ago, Jason Schreier. He's been a busy guy this week. Mm -hmm. So today he broke the Halo story we were talking about earlier about the development of Halo Infinite and how they ended up, you know, basically they had that point that they came to where they were like, this game is headed in the wrong direction. They ended up chopping two thirds of it to get the game out. Uh, Another story that he posted this week at Bloomberg uh, is that PlayStation, after all our discussions on here, wondering is in fact working on a Game Pass killer. Um, no wow. idea what the name of it is yet, um, but it's... And I, it's definitely not going to kill Game Pass. But No, it's not. But And then the other thing, too, is that it's not... It's not day one. It's, well, it looks like it may get there eventually. Mm. And there's, For some stuff. For some stuff. Really, the problem, though, is that it's not... It's not a new product. They're taking old products... And kind yeah. of rebranding them or mashing them together to create this new service. Um, yeah, basically, you need, you need a real serious relaunch campaign for that. You like, do. Yep. Like they can't just quietly do this and hope people notice. Like this needs to be a thing they promote. I think it will. They better because yeah. they ha- they've failed to do that in the past. Sometimes. You know what, Matt? I just finally heard an ad for Xbox All Access. On, I was listening to podcasts mm. yesterday while I was working, and an ad came on for All Access. And if you guys don't remember, that is like the layaway plan for Xbox. Oh, right, right, right. Where you can spend like 20 bucks like a month or whatever um, and get a console and get Game Pass and get Xbox Live. Um, this PlayStation product that they're working on to compete with Game Pass basically merges PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus into <laughs> one a, service. That's a good point, Fox and Crow. Between the, the lower third and the subject, he thought Jason Schreier died. Oh. I <laughs> know. <laughs> he is still no. And we're all alive, too. We are not like simulations <laughs> yet. <laughs> Give us another 10 years, uh, and we may be. Uh, but essentially, it's just merging PlayStation Now with PlayStation Plus into one service. Right now, it's codenamed Spartacus. Um, and it's a three-tiered plan, um, and we'll talk. Actually, I want to. I want you to share with me what you think each tier should be priced at. Uh, so the first tier is called Basic. It's just PlayStation Plus. So it's basically what we have right now. Yeah. Um, so that's smart because you don't want to anger people who have already been subscribing to your service and getting X amount of whatever for X amount of dollars. And so, basically, if you like PlayStation Plus, which is, you know, you're getting a few free games a month and you can play online, which is pretty much all you get, and you're happy with what you're getting for what you're paying there, that's not going to go away. That will be the basic plan. Uh, The middle tier adds PS5 and PS4 games to the old PlayStation Plus tier. Now, that's a little confusing to me because I'm already getting that with my basic plan. There's already that library of PS4 mm. and PS5 games that you can go in and play. I would imagine that's going to go away. That isn't that a problem? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, I assume you'll be able to keep it if you already added it to your your library and you keep subscribing. You think it'll be grandfathered in? Maybe. I mean, I think so. I don't think they'll take it away if you've been subscribing all this time, but it feels like maybe if you want it, if you're new, you're going to need to be part of this new service. Or- what is that called? 
I want to say it's inst- called Instant Game Collection or yeah, something like or that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah. Right now, that's a part of PlayStation Plus. Yeah. And it, according to Schreier, that's going to be pulled out of that mm-hmm. and then shoved into this middle tier. And then the top tier, the most expensive tier, includes a retro uh, games library of classics from the PS1, the PS2, the PS3, and PSP. Uh, you also get extended demos with the top tier, and you get PlayStation Now. Um, and the PlayStation Now branding is going away. Mm-hmm. Is that smart? I don't think it matters. Yeah, probably, because no one knows what that is. Yeah. They, they, didn't, they didn't push it. Yeah, they, yeah. They, you know, PlayStation Now has been sort of a poor man's game pass for a while now. And like even I didn't know that until like a year ago. Because yeah. they didn't tell anybody. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that you could download games. The fact you can download and install games. I, like I that think was, on this show, there was at least two different times where we forgot. Yeah. Well, that, I didn't know. I literally had no know. idea. Yeah, that you could like, actually. They, they never fucking told us. Like, <laughs> the messaging's been terrible. They're terrible. About, they were terrible about getting out what now was in the first place, and they were terrible at communicating changes to now. Yeah, which is funny for something called now. Yeah, <laughs> the irony. Let's go through these plans and figure out what they should be priced. So let's say the basic is PlayStation Plus minus that other library. Doesn't that mean that we should pay less for the basic plan than what we're paying for PlayStation Plus right now? I don't think they're going to see it that way. I mean, isn't really the middle tier PlayStation Plus or PlayStation well, we, Plus? PlayStation Plus exists now, pretty yeah. much. So, rightfully, the basic plan should be less. 30 bucks a year like Nintendo? It won't be. You don't think? I think it'd be whatever PlayStation Plus costs now, that will be what the basic costs. Wow. I think people will be pissed because you're paying the same and you're losing the PS4 and PS5 games. I don't think we will lose it if we're already subscribers. But I think if you're a new, new subscriber, you aren't going to get that. Okay. That would be a good way to handle it to keep fans from getting really angry yeah i don't think you're gonna lose any of the games you have from that already but if you're coming into it new i think you are or anything they would add to that in the future like you wouldn't get that on the basic yeah but if like say you already have you know got a war from that i think you would keep got a war in your library okay uh the middle tier which is basically you're getting what you're getting now from playstation plus that should stay the price of playstation plus but how much do you think they're going to bump up the price of it i think it's going to be probably like 20 bucks more a year. Yeah. That's a lot. It is. I would not pay that. What is it now? 60? Yeah, roughly. Yeah, so I think it's going to be 80 and 100. Wow. Oh, wait. So basic is going to be 80? No, I think the basic is going to be 60. 60. Mi- middle tier is going to be 80. 80 and maximum is going to be 100, 100 bucks a year. 100. Platinum edition, whatever they're going to call it. You know. Would you pay plus, 100 plus, bucks plus. for that? No. All that, all the stuff we talked about, plus the library of PS1, PS2, PS3, and PSP games, no. extended I mean, it would, demos. It would kind of depend. Are they going to pull demos away from the rest of us for know. that tier? That would be dumb. Uh, maybe that would maybe be longer. awful, dude. Maybe games you could play longer. You know, if they're timed, like you get four hours on PlayStation Plus versus like two hours on Basic or whatever. Um, I don't know. That seems like a weird thing to do. That would also, uh, piss but also, like, off. but also like the uh, you know that tier would have to. I mean, look. I have most of the PlayStation legacy stuff I want. Me too. Already backwards. Yeah. Like, I, I bought, That's why I, I bought a PS3. Well, also because like <laughs> th- that, that too. But also in terms of digital, like I, you know, I bought all that stuff on PS3 and and PS4, and yeah. that works on PS5 because like that selection's fairly limited, and anything I was interested in has already gone on sale 14 times, and I've paid five bucks for it. Yeah, you know, I don't need it for free. Through an ex, you know, an, an extra subscription fee, like it would have, you'd have to really robustly start supporting the legacy content in a way that Sony just hasn't for years. Yep. Like you want to get every PlayStation Two and PlayStation Three game on there, sure. Like I'll talk, we'll talk about that. But like you're just like saying, like the stuff you could previously buy is going to be there now for you to play for free. It's like, well, I already have right. Uh, you know, the the old 
PS1 and PS2 and PS3 games I wanted on PS3. Yeah. I can just turn on my PS3 and play that. Yep. And until you, I mean, if you made those compatible with PS4, PS5, I'd be interested. But I might also be more likely to just buy them. Yeah. So depending on the pricing. Yep. Totally get that. Um, and that's pretty much all the details we have right now, other than the fact that Sony is going to ex- expand the resources that it's currently putting into its cloud gaming efforts. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. Probably just going to buy a bunch more server farms and beef so, up yeah. the infrastructure. That'd be my guess. And then the crazy thing is, according to Jason Schreier, it's launching this spring, 2022. That's fast. Yeah. Or actually kind of late. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're trying to compete with Game Pass, it's late. Because yeah. it has been like two, I mean, it doesn't years. seem like something we should probably hear about too long before it goes live, frankly. I mean, why would you? Well, we were just saying that like they need to market it more. So maybe right. they should start talking about it. Maybe disagree. They talk, disagree. Maybe, Completely maybe they disagree. announce it in three hours at the Game Awards. Maybe. I, I 100% disagree. The way to market this is to blitz it and put it out. Because otherwise people are going to forget because no one gives a shit. Oh, got you, got you. Like, do not – you can't try to build hype for a a live service. I can't do do her accent right today. I don't know what. I can usually do a real good Jim Sterling. Sterling. (laughs) I'm usually – but I'm just off today on that for some reason. Um, Because it's early. We're here an hour earlier, Matt. Triple A live service. (laughs) That's all right. That was all right. That's pretty close. But um, it's – it's not something you can really have people look forward to. You no. know, you have to like, you'd be like, "This is a thing. It's happening. You got to go right now. now. Do it. Go right now. It's out. Yeah. It's done. Like, go right now." And then like blitz it. Like, just blitz it all at once and have it out that week and call it a day. Because you can't. No one's going to sit around anticipating PS Plus 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 whatever right. they're going to call. It. You know, yeah. That's not. A, you know, it's not a game. It's not. A, it's not a thing you can really build that kind of. You know, Nintendo did the same thing. They, you know, we found out about the. Their idiotic, you know, N64 thing, like, what, like a week before that happened or something? Yeah, that's true. Yep, you make a good point. Um, I'd look, I just want to keep what I have. It's real far away from Black Friday, so no one gets any weird deals on it. (laughs) I just want to keep what I have. Like, I think that will to me, paying the 60 bucks a year to play online to get when it's all said and done, like 30 or 40 free games. Yeah, none of which I think I've even played. In the last two years? Actually, like, this year, I do not know if I've played a single PlayStation uh, Plus I definitely game. haven't. I claim them every I get it. I had a library, <laughs> but then I don't, you know. <laughs> Which I'm wondering, like, why do I do that if I'm never going to play them? Yeah, it's free. I guess. Why not? One more thing to scroll through. <laughs> it's true. When you're looking for the game you want to install. Yeah. So, Matt, do you think this is going to work? Do you think this is going to help PlayStation combat Game Pass? No. Or is it too late? Is it game over? If, it, if you're not getting God of War day one on this thing, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say it's going to be a failure or whatever, but this is like, you know, they got to do something. But like. That was one thing that wasn't really mentioned in the report. I mean, they kind of do that. They talked about Microsoft, the fact that it does offer day one mm-hmm. exclusives. One, one of the reasons, well, one of the reasons Microsoft started doing that is because no one gave a shit. It was, it, they yeah. released Forza and God of War or Every Gears year. of War and Halo. And like, <laughs> it was getting harder and harder to get people to be excited about those things. And maybe they'd be more excited if they could just load it up and play it and we get the multiplayer to be healthy because everyone got no barrier to entry and da 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 da. But in the meantime, like, Sony can sell 10 million, 15 million copies of Spider-Man or God of War. Right. or what? Like, they don't need to give it away to get yeah. people interested. That's true. And it's in more in their interest to let people just buy it. And I will. Like, I'm, you yeah. Know. I do wonder, too, as Microsoft gets to, like, three years from now, 
when all these studios that it's purchased. Yeah, y'all gonna be that willing to give away a vowed? Are bearing fruit. Or uh, or Elder Scrolls. Do you regret then that you did this? Because let's be yeah. honest, this was a desperation move. It's genius and yeah. it's smart and it's working. Well, you know what the first big test I think is gonna be? Starfield. Yeah. Is Starfield gonna be day one game pass? It is. Yeah, they already said it, said it is. said so. Yeah. But like that's going to be where they find out whether it's worth it or not still. Elder Scrolls 6 to me will be the big one. Elder Scrolls 6, I mean, we, that'll be a long time. Because that will be three I think, or four I, but years. But I also think like, you know, you're going to see. Starfield's You're going to have to year. see what they do with the next Gears. You're going to have to see what they do with the next Avowed, with, with, with Avowed, with Hellblade 2. Um, there's stuff there that pe- you could get people to pay retail for. Um, it just depends how dedicated they are to the idea that having mass numbers of subscri- subscribers to this thing is more lucrative than selling 10 million copies of something. Yeah. And they might be right. I'm sure they got the math in there somewhere. But like, uh, yeah, the the if they, if you can get Elder Scrolls Six Day One Game Pass five years from now, whenever that happens, uh, yeah, clearly that is how Microsoft is going to roll forever until what uh, some massive sea change happens. I mean, it could be that at a certain point Microsoft realizes, like, oh my God, what have we done? Mm-hmm. Like now we have the library, we have the studios, we have a great exclusive coming out every three months now on our platforms and we can't monetize them anymore because we've went down this path. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, that, is there any way that you go back? Is there any way to go back from this? You can't, uh, It really. would be a very careful, be a very careful PR situation, <laughs> that's for sure, to break the news that, yeah, Elder Scrolls Six is not going to be for free. Ooh, people be pissed. Because they're going to start marketing it as day one on Game yeah. Pass when they start actually marketing the game and they acknowledge. Well, that if it they exists. do that, then they're stuck. Yeah, like, you can't you can't backtrack on that. It's crazy. So and, I guess pay attention if, whenever they start finally talking about Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah, do they call it out for Game Pass? Yeah, because it's interesting. We're saying the fact that Sony won't allow its exclusives day one on whatever the new service is is a detriment right now to competing with Game Pass, but. Do you want to beat Game Pass or do you just want to make as much money as possible? Yeah, I don't know. And so Sony half-stepping now, it may doom this new service it has. But in the long run, it still could be the right strategy to do what it's doing, selling the box copies for 70 bucks. Yeah, box. I don't think Sony needs to compete with Game Pass. It like doesn't that. need to. It's the leader. It's doing fine. Yeah, better than fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway... Again, according to Jason Trier, launching in spring 2022, interested what the chat seems to think about this, if they're interested, because the Xbox gamer has now been trained for Game Pass, and they're cool with it. I'm just wondering, a, play, a PlayStation owner who has never subscribed to Game Pass and is like, it sounds cool, but you know, I'm not a fan of Xbox exclusives or whatever, so maybe it doesn't work for them. I'm wondering if they would be happy if PlayStation did this. Um, Vincent says, remember when they tried to increase the price of Xbox Live and backtrack within 12 hours? That's a good mm-hmm. point. Uh, because the fans were like, what? What do you think you're yeah, doing? What kind of, what? Yeah. Like, well, they basically, like, eliminated Xbox And hopefully Live. Sony's paying attention to that when they're thinking about how they're pricing this. Yeah. Um, Nintendo didn't. Yeah. And Vincent says, that would be a Tempest in a teapot compared to what ending Game Pass would be. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it, that would be the ultimate bait and switch yeah. well there's no way to there's no way to to there's no way to make elder scrolls 6 non-day one and not have it come off as like we know you suckers are gonna pay for this one yeah like exactly yeah and like there's no way to make that a good look yeah so they they're they, they are committed to it but also at the same time you're like it's not like we haven't seen microsoft make really dumb decisions in the past they could try it like that the doubling the price thing was uh, a good example of that um, Erebus Jones says... The gardener could have told you that wasn't going to go over well. 
Erebus Jones says it all depends on price. As long as it's not a ripoff like Nintendo, this is great news. Okay. Um, Pot F2 says publishers only get half the revenue from retail, so it might not be as much of a loss as you think. Mm-hmm. Eh, that's still a Somewhat, lot. Somewhat, <laughs> but a lot of that, a lot of those sales that's now still for a lot. a lot of those sales for Sony now are digital. That's true. So that's absolutely more true. More and more every time. Um, Cinetike, I've always been PC first for like 30 plus years. This new Game Pass on PC plus Sony console has been heaven for me these past two years. So he's saying that like he was never a console gamer. He got an mm-hmm. Xbox and got Game Pass, and now he has a PlayStation, and the whole world has opened up for him. I mean, if you get Game Pass Ultimate, you have it for both your PC and your Xbox. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it works great. Yeah, I guess, the adva- as the chat has pointed out, the advantage of Elder Scrolls Six keeping it to Game Pass, is it's the only place you can get it. Yeah. It's not like you can go buy it for PlayStation. Ammo Clip 20, but it's not like Elder Scrolls Six isn't exclusive to Game Pass. I don't understand that statement. The double I, think, I think that's I think that's a mistake. It's supposed to be. It's not like it is exclusive because they, then they say, "Sure, a lot of people will still pay sixty dollars for it." Will they? I guess we'll find out with Halo. Yeah. How many people are going to pay sixty for that? It'll be interesting to watch. I don't know. I mean, I probably would pay, would buy Elder Scrolls. Like I'd probably just to have it. As many times as you played Skyrim. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Still playing it. Yeah. And I gotta, just started I, playing it again. No, I get, and it's, you know, I got a weird thing in my head about like maybe I should try Oblivion again. <laughs> that is a weird thing in your head, Matt. Absolutely. Uh, so anyway, there you go. We don't know what the name of the service is going to be yet, but it does sound like PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus are going away. It's weird to have We're to rebrand some weird that hybrid stuff thing. so late in the game. But my guess is it's going to be called PlayStation Plus with like added things on it. Yeah, added like. PlayStation Plus, plus, plus basic plus. PlayStation Plus. I think you're right. The middle one will be PlayStation Plus. Yeah. The middle, the bottom one will be PlayStation Basic plus Basic, and the top one will be like PlayStation Plus Platinum Legacy or, or Platinum Premium or, or whatever. Pre, yeah, like like all access. We've been through or, all that verbiage with uh, subscriptions on Sifted. So yeah, <laughs> we've been down that road already. Uh, but yeah, if it is indeed coming in PlayStation spring, PlayStation Plus Champion Edition. Yeah, if it is indeed coming in spring, we should hear a lot more about it very soon. Um, and I will say this, Jason and Shry are very rarely wrong. So yeah. when he reports something, I usually take it as fact. And uh, it has not burned me yet. So it is what it is. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about one of Matt's favorite genres, the space shooter. Mm. Um, having known you for many years and co-hosted this show with you, I have over time gleaned that space shooters are probably your top three genre. You figure that out, huh? Yeah. Is that accurate? Yeah, I would say it's uh, action RPGs, uh, space sims, and um, fighting games. Fighting games. My top three. Yep. Not necessarily in that order. Yeah. And this week, is it an indie game? I don't think so, because it's It's Deep Deep Silver. Borderline, yeah. Deep Silver published, I think it is sort of pretty indie, though. It's it's scrappy. Let's put it that way. That's a good way to put it. Um, It's a new space shooter from Deep Silver called Chorus. Initially, when they announced it... It was C-H-O-R-V-S. Yeah, it still is in the oh, logo. Oh, it is? It's still the, stylized the still that way? stylized, but it's chorus. Yeah, it's, yeah, and it is basically what I've, I've not the played. The R looks weird, too. Yeah, I've not played a lick of this, but mm-hmm. just from working on Sifted, like I know about this game, and it seems like it, it tries to streamline the genre, which yeah. may, will make it appeal to me a lot yeah, more. It is very much an arcade shooter. In fact, I will preface this by saying... Not exactly, because there's some elements of this that we'll get into. This game is what Star Fox should be now. Oh. Wow. 
Wow. If Nintendo just took the format of Chorus and made Star Fox with it, it would sell 10 million copies. Really? I'll tell you that right now. If you if you just let people fly around and be Star Fox, this is what this is what Star Fox should become. How does this game work? So, um they basically you know, this is not Wing Commander. This is an open worldish open galaxy open <laughs> open sector let's call it uh action game okay um it is very uh driven by the idea that uh, there's, there's no realistic physics in this it is just arcade flying and shooting and over the course of the game you upgrade your character and your uh ship to give you incredibly unfair advantages over the enemies uh and it's a lot of fun so here's the thing about this game so the game takes place in a universe where um, there is a cult in control of everything, like a totalitarian cult uh, called the Circle. Okay. And your character, uh, uh, what's her name? Nala, I think it is. Naya, I can't remember. Nara? I can't remember her name. She has, she has a non-real sci-fi name. Um, <laughs> she is what's called, uh, I believe is an unmarked or a marked or something like that. And she she was a an elite uh, soldier for the the circle. Mm-hmm. She was one of the most she she was she, in the cult. She was in the cult. She was one of the leaders. She was Darth Vader basically. Okay. She was second uh, in command. She and she was kind of a Sith Lord. Like so oh. the, so she is the, she has psychic powers and is psychically bonded with her space fighter, which has an AI her ship. Her ship. In fact, the relationship between her and the ship. Gets real weird sometimes. <laughs> like sexual? Oh, mm, really? Oh, there's some stuff. There's some. There's some boundaries <laughs> interesting. here. Interesting. It's interesting. Okay. Uh, and so at some point in the past, I think seven years ago, she, you'll see what you're seeing here is she was ordered to use her powers to destroy a planet okay. that would not join the. So the, the wouldn't the join circle, the cult. No, the, the cult. That's what chorus means. Is the chorus is all the members of the cult, all the all the worlds of the cult singing together in chorus. And uh, it's that's like what, space fascism. So, yeah, so that's what <laughs> that's what they say when they're, they're one of their like greeting their their mantra things is in chorus. Uh, is like you all have to fall in line, uh, and if you don't fall in line, we basically destroy your planet. She did that and couldn't deal with it and left. Okay. And she ditches her ship in an asteroid in a hollow asteroid and goes to this place called the Enclave which is like one of the last bastions of free free people and helps them out for like 7 years and um as as the game begins um basically the circle's coming back and is go, is you know going to come and kill them all and she realizes that as they start staging attacks out in these outer rim areas that she has to um she has to be a be herself again. She has to go reclaim her powers and reclaim her ship, and the ship is very irritated that she left him for seven years. Interesting, uh, which is a very interesting jilted situation. lover. Yeah, I mean there is a, there's definitely <laughs> there's an element an angle of that. There. There's absolutely an element huh. of that to that. Interesting, it's weird, um, but it's interesting. Uh, the story, the writing is not amazing, but the world is fascinating. Uh, like the the writing is is sort of Halo level turgid prose stuff mm-hmm. where you're like okay and there's and here's the thing there's a lot of cosmic horror in this game really like they the the psychic stuff taps into like a horrific undercurrent of reality and like it's sort of like the chaos stuff in Warhammer uh-huh. where like you know the chaos marines like yep. tap into the the um you know the that alt, the warp and stuff like that there's some of that to this and you are playing with forces you can't necessarily control and understand 
and there's a lot there's like other her other self her her like psychic self is constantly whispering to her as you're playing like like uh like like internal narration like in hellblade like you remember like in hellblade where there's all the 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 other other voices there's something like that in this oh okay um and beyond that, so that's what's kind of what the story is, and you're sort of and like people are trying to adjust the idea that like the, and once you get your ship back, everyone knows that ship is a circle, it's fighter, a cult you know, ship, just a cult yeah. ship, and like you go rescue people, and they're like, "Don't kill us, don't kill," you know, uh, and they're like, "No, I'm with you." They're like, "We don't believe you, but we're still gonna go. We'll, still, we'll let you rescue um, us." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, people asking asking if it's playable in VR, it is not, and I would not want to play this in VR. Why? Uh, well, because, I know I why wouldn't because look at it. It'll it's not for, it's not first person. You are you are controlling speed with the left stick, and you are controlling direction with the right stick. It's basically first person shooter in that regard, and. It looks like descent in this part. A little bit, yeah. And there's and but it's very snappy. It's very quick. And so the abilities you have a when you start out with a scan ability that like lets you kind of psychically know where their objectives are and like collectibles and stuff, and that's fine. Uh, but you quickly get other abilities, uh, including um, a slide. So you hold a left bumper and you can turn on a dime and keep your momentum so you can slide past stuff. And sh- like broadside it, or or get around a corner, like, like mm-hmm. you basically hairpin in the in, yep. the, in the ship. Uh, and then uh, the best one, uh, the best power she has uh, is uh, is called uh, what is it called? It's called jump. I think it's called jump. But you can use it to jump past obstacles. But the main thing you use it for is you can teleport directly behind an enemy ship. Oh, so that's huge. So you can in hit a dogfighting. So game. one of the be- one of the coolest things you can do in this game is when they when you know when. The enemies come at you. You can do the head on head-to-head thing. Use your laser. You have three weapons. You have a Gatling gun, which just has general kinetic damage. Lasers, which are very effective against shields, and missiles, which are good against armor. So it's kind of a you know, there's a paper rock scissors thing mm-hmm. going on. If they're coming at you. You hit them with the with the lasers. Take their shields down. Hit the B button to, to teleport behind them. And by the time you've teleported, your lasers have recharged and they're done, and done with shields. You blow them away. Ah. So like it's like teleport, boom, they're already dead. And it's it's one of the most satisfying things I've ever done in a space game. <laughs> wow, like, it's really that's good. that's great. Um, there's a big open area. There's like seven or eight. You can there's jump gates, so it's not. It's I guess sort of like you're you're like a like a Destiny thing or something. Mm-hmm. Big open zones, but you have to use a jump gate to get to other zones. So there's like seven or eight of them, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it takes place in one solar system, uh, but you jump to different areas. Um, huge open areas, and you you go to a map. You go. Find Is there stuff to do in those areas? Yeah, you go. You go it's find not just empty space. You, you know, you can go find like installations and bases and things. And every every base uh, ha- t- tends to have a side mission. So you go. There's a distress call, and you gotta go help find you use your psychic thing to find a. Do you ever go on foot in this game? Never. Always in the ship. You're always in the okay. ship. You get on foot in cutscenes, but you never when you're ga- never in gameplay. Okay. Um, and uh, so you fly around, and you can help people. And there's like hunt guys, and, and there's random missions that'll pop up. Like you come along, and suddenly guys will you know pop out of nowhere, and you're like, you can go kill them if you want. You get like rewards for that. Uh, you upgrade the ship by paying money for things. There's like a bunch of mods you can plug in. There's three mod slots. You can upgrade your all the weapons. Uh, doing completing missions and finding salvage can get you hull upgrades and shield upgrades, which make you more powerful. And you have a repair bot that can instantly repair the whole ship. Instantly, and then you have a cooldown on that. So it's like kind of mm-hmm. your emergency, get out of jail free card. Um, beyond that, that's pretty much the game. What is um, the part? What's the so what's stripped down? Other than it's not like a first person sim while you're flying. What it's really just that. It's okay. It's, it plays more like I would say it's it more plays arcade-y. more. Yeah, it plays more akin to Star Fox or Rogue Squadron than it does to Wing Commander or X Wing. But the design itself isn't like chopped down and made more simple. 
Um, I mean, there's a lot to it, to what you can do. Like, there's there's definite like early on, you're just blowing ships up, and that's mm-hmm. easy. But you get the you know, there's things vultures, which are armored ships. They are fully shielded from the front, and they throw mines out constantly. Okay. The only way to really hit them is to hit, get behind them, which is much harder before you get the teleport thing. Yeah. So you got to do imagine. the teleport thing, hit them from behind, but then their defenses will kick in. You got to get out of there before they r- rip your shields apart. Um, I and mean, then, Star and Fox then you, is a lot about just getting behind yeah. the enemy. Yeah, and That's then you, then all they start. Um, game is really. They start doing things where, like, they'll you know they'll do mixed tactics where you have to fight those guys, but you're trying to escort uh, people to a jump gate or to a, to a, a space station. And the vultures are the ones that are throwing mines, going to hurt the capital ship. So you have to get them first. But you've got 14 you know fighters on your tail, mm-hmm. but you can boost with the left. Uh, trigger which uh makes you much harder to hit but it also makes you much faster so it's harder to aim um there's a lot of basically balance and give and take on how the combat works and you will get used to like you know you can slow down to turn around get them back in your sights but you're you're taking the boost up so they're going to be you have an easier time hitting you if you want to get more advanced you hold the left bumper and do the, the the slide and make that turn that way and you're still going fast enough that they can't hit you and then you eventually you'll so doing things all you've got all these level up systems so you can every time you use abilities in a certain way you can you you do a certain number of those and it'll level up to the next level so like the leveling up the slide thing makes you more resistant to damage when you're sliding or, now do you have all the ship's abilities out of the gate and you're no. just boosting them or you have to earn those even uh you have some but you have to you have to earn the other weapons you have to get your psychic abilities back because she's given those up and she has to like go and like that's that's where some that's where the cosmic horror stuff comes in where like you know the first ability you get back is the teleport and um you run into a spiritual personification of guilt oh. that cannot be stopped or killed, and you have to outrun it through like oh. a trench run, basically. <laughs> Running from guilt. Out of the facility. Something we all in. do. Yeah. <laughs> um, using the teleport to teach you how the teleport works, basically. Uh-huh. Um, and like, uh, and the thing is, like, it's just, it's real smooth in how all that works. It all comes together very well. And it's, it, like, that part of the world is compelling, even if the writing isn't so much. I will also say there's. It's got some glitches here and there. Uh, so there's stuff where like things don't trigger all the time. I gotta restart the thing. Uh, there's cutscenes where uh, pretty regularly a cutscene will kick in and there's no sound. Oh. And I have to reboot the game. You have to reboot it. For I actually it to come have to back. quit the game and start oh, it again wow. to get the. And it's always. What are you playing this on? Xbox Series X. Okay. And uh, it's always done it that when I rebooted it, but it's annoying because like. You got to redo the mission, basically. Oh, by the way, um, I playing Halo Infinite last night. I got to a very important cutscene and a very important moment in that cutscene, mm. and my TV cut out, blacked out, playing Halo yeah. Infinite. Yep, it's done that on this game a couple of times. Very bad in a dogfight. Oh yeah, um, I, I missed a huge plot point. Yeah, I, they got to get that figured out, man. Yeah, I don't know what that. I don't is. know if it's an LG problem or an Xbox problem. I've but seen that with almost everyone with with any kind of. 4K TV. They need so to put their heads together and to get it, it sorted. That's, that's been there since the last inexcusable. game. That's been there since Xbox One. That's crazy. My, my One X did that, too. Wow. Yeah, I didn't have one of those. Worse than, really? than the new one. Why Wor- can't they figure it out? I don't know. It's Because it's, everyone's setup is different. It's so part weird. Of it. um, <laughs> and some of it's just like the dynamic. I think the dynamic uh, resolution switching is part of that. And there might not be anything you can really do about it. Depending, that might be a TV problem. Right. That might be how LG. That's why I said it. Maybe LG, that. but regardless, they got to get their heads together and figure it out. It's inexcusable. So, um, and the other thing I will say is that um, it the controls really well. Like it, 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 it's very good at being, you know, because a lot of times like games like this, 
you don't necessarily know how fast you're going. You, it's you hard think to you're tell. At yeah. a certain speed, you think this is when you need to turn, but it's not. And yeah. A, uh, what's it? The Starlink had that problem a lot. Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, yep. Which is a similar kind of you know arcade attempt at, at space yeah, combat. Yeah. Um, but this this thing not only has really tight controls and really is really good at like giving you the spatial. It's very good at communicating spatial awareness in a way very few games of this type have been. It's hard. To me. It's hard to do. And. Um, uh, one of the, they throw you into asteroid stuff and into like hallways sometimes and into like the you know, the, the big mining facilities while the like girders everywhere. They want you to dogfight through tiny enclosed spaces. And the thing is, the way they've made this game control, you can do it. You can do it. Like you yeah. can you can hairpin and weave through stuff like Return of the Jedi style during a dogfight and come out of it without hitting the wall. Like it. Okay. It feels real good. Like and I would say, um. This might be a, a slightly unhelpful comparison because I don't know how many people have played this, but if you've played Everspace and you wish Everspace was more of a shoot 'em up than a Dark Souls clone or a, a roguelike, mm-hmm. this is your game. Interesting. This is an open world pick up side quests and upgrade your ship and upgrade your character and, and find things to do and talk to people and, and pick up salvage and find hidden credit crates. And like, I love this game. How, uh, how much is it, Matt? Uh, I think it was full price. I think, I think, Sixty bucks was it? I can't remember. It was it is not on Game for Pass for pretty much every platform except for Switch. Even Stadia. This is even one of the few games left that still came to Stadia at this point. Um, while you it, check that out, it was not on uh, Game. Uh, it was not on Game Pass. But I definitely bought it. Sneaky uh, says that, that the blackout only happens with Xbox on three different LG TVs. It's forty bucks on Steam. Forty bucks. That seems right to me. Does it seem mm-hmm. right to you, someone who's yeah. played it? I, mean, I I think it's a bargain at forty bucks. Okay, I just couldn't remember. I pre-ordered this a while ago, so I oh. don't remember what I. How much time have you spent with it at this point? Um, five or six hours. Okay. Does it feel like it's even getting close to wrapping up? No. Um, I'm still like about to hit the third area, and I think there's seven out of seven. So you're not even halfway through. Uh, maybe I mean it depends how you know. Sometimes yeah. those other areas and later yeah. in the game can be faster, right? You know but it's a lot. It seems to like do. a pretty good deal. Yeah, I'm happy with it. Um, Are there a lot of cinematics in the game, or is it one of those games that starts with one and then you don't see him again? Uh, it, it, it's pretty it's pretty regular. Okay, I mean enough that it's annoying to have to restart the game every time one's quiet. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure what else these guys have done. Uh, Fish Labs. Fish Labs. They have a couple games. Oh, Galaxy on Fire. Yeah, they did uh, those games. The the the. They've iOS not done games. anything big. I know that for. No, the Galaxy on Fire games. I played those on uh, on iOS on my iPhone. I actually like. You those played games. a mobile game, Matt. I did. Sometimes I do. <laughs> Vincent says it's forty bucks, and there's a demo, so that's good. Yeah, yep, everyone's well, they, saying they did the Switch versions of Saints Row the Third and Saints Row Four. Yeah, interesting. Um, Schneeky asked, "Does it play like Starlink?" Um. It's better than Starlink, but Starlink is not a bad comparison. Okay. Especially in terms of how Starlink is that big open solar system. Yeah. It's kind of like that, but there's way more to do and, and more variety. Like, there's more characters. Like, you're talking to people all the time. Yeah. You're you're following things, and, like, they, they play out interesting. And then there's, like, you know, the, the, the random quests that pop up are more, like, radiant stuff from Sky. It's like, okay, blow these guys up and pick them up. Here's a, a, stranded, uh, a stranded motorist, and you have to give them fuel. And uh, while you're trying to give them fuel, bad guys show up and you have to defend them and stuff like that. But, like, the, the story stuff is actually somewhat involved and, 
and kind of helps build the world and what you know how desperate the people are and and who they like and don't like and there's things where like there's a couple times you have choices to make like there's early on there's a thing where like a pirate shows up in the in evacuation and offers to help with the evacuation and, and use their better you know their illegal shields to help the convoy mm-hmm. and you can choose whether to kill the pirate or let them join oh. and people are like oh I don't like that but if you do let them join they actually do help in the fight later in that mission and they put the shields up and they give you a lot more time to take down the enemies before they start doing serious damage to the convoy interesting so there's sort of an ongoing thing where they're like they're and they're like okay you you helped out but we don't really we don't really want to hang out with you <laughs> he's like well I'll, you know call me when you need to so there's yeah. sort of an ongoing faction thing there it's sort of the idea that like humanity has to unite against this cult this um, game is right I don't in know, your you, wheelhouse. You might you might find the uh, the humanity must unite against the dangerous cult thing to be slightly relevant today. Yeah. Um, just a thought. Um, no, I really really like this game. Yeah. This, is, this is I can just tell by the, your passion talking about this it. This is yeah. this is one of my favorite games of the year. Wow! Uh, surprise late entry. Uh, I I, I I always had my eye on this from like when they first showed it at like the PlayStation conference and stuff because uh-huh. it's a you know, space thing. Of course, I'm going to yeah. pay attention to. It. But the combination of arcade controls and uh, the snappy dogfighting that does exactly what you think it's going to do when it when you want it to do it, and the weird cosmic horror angle on the story, yeah. like yeah, like you just made this for me basically. Well, it's an accessible game that doesn't sacrifice depth. Mm-hmm. Th- that's a rare combination. Yeah. Usually it's one or the other, but like, this one has found other ways to add depth to the game. Aside from the controls, and mm-hmm. I may give this a go. Yeah, I try. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I mean, part of you know the the thing, the grain of salt you got to take with me when I'm talking about games like this is I've been playing you know space shooters and, and that's not a grain si- of salt. I and, mean, that encourages flight, me. Yeah, in flight sims, you're like an expert but, on the right. Genre. But what I'm saying is like uh, I've been playing these things since I was ten, which means that the control barrier of entry for me is different from someone who hasn't played Wing Commander for a thousand right. hours. Right. You know, like, like yeah. to me, getting behind these ships without the teleport is second nature. It makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense to me how I'm maneuvering this thing. And some people might have more trouble. Yeah, people. Yeah, I've seen people have trouble with 3D space yeah. navigation in these things, and yeah. it, to me, it's just second. It's like trying to tell someone how to throw a fireball in Street Fighter. Like, yeah. It's just, it's just second nature to me. So you, you, you do, do have to remember that when I'm praising this, it's because I took this like a fish to water. You're on and, a different scale from yeah. everybody else, basically. And I think you can get there, but you're going to have to like you know learn how, if you if you're not familiar with how these games play. Because a lot of people aren't because they just don't make these very often yeah. anymore. Um, but I do think it's rewarding enough. And uh, the world, the world is really interesting. Like I would, I would watch like a Netflix show that was set in this world uh, by better writers. Um, like I don't <laughs> think it sounds the mo- like they're good enough. Yeah, I don't think the moment-to-moment dialogue is particularly great. But like I think the concepts and the world that's presented is like, oh, that's really interesting. It's clearly by people who like Warhammer Forty Thousand. Yeah, there's an, there's a lot of elements of the chaos thing, like the warp mm-hmm. to that. But uh, if you, especially if you liked. Uh, how Hellblade sort of told a story with the internal like kind of whisper monologue thing like they took that from in this and it works pretty well and it makes everything have a slightly ominous like sinister tone it like, adds I, an I, edge the, to the, the game. tone the yeah. tone is very dark and like like even when Nara is like trying to give hope to people that whisper is saying like uh, they're don't, going to die they're not going to believe you or, yeah. or whatever or, yeah. and of course the the ship the, sh- the AI of the ship, the ship just wants to kill the circle. The ship feels betrayed by you and the circle and only teams up with you after seven years. Because you're going to help him you're kill the circle. It, yeah, because he can hunt circle, uh, cult members. And the personification of the ship is a different angle, too. Yeah, yeah. and he and the, and the ship, like, when you go, like, early on when you go rescue uh, 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 
a convoy uh, and you're supposed to go meet them at the rendezvous point and you and and the, the AI is like so now we hunt the the cult and she's like no for now we go find the con we go right to the rendezvous point and escort them and he's like ah using them as bait very good and like <laughs> he's just so and evil. she's like and she's no. like no like he just doesn't assign any value to any of these right. people because he's a machine beca- because he's a machine and he's an AI for, he's he's basically a Sith AI you know he's yeah. basically um or like a Harkonnen AI if you want to go Dune with it yeah. you know it's like they they you know it's the the AI doesn't quite get like what the but he knows because this, the the mental link with her that she's hurt by a lot of what they've done and he tries to understand but can't because he doesn't quite understand he he's not quite that advanced I guess yeah but there's an advancing relationship between them and sort of him understanding why she's doing what she's doing and that's part of the the thing and part of her accepting that she has to go kill all these people who were her you know the cult members who were her friends yeah They're not friends but like her charges you know and. Mm-hmm. And you kind of, you know, it's been one thing to be an exile. It's another thing to actively fight against the cult that was her home for as long as she can remember. And uh, and letting the powers back in kind of opens her up to the cult mentality. So that's an ongoing mental thing, too. So there's 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 some stuff happening here. It's not just like it's not just like your standard go trade stuff right. game, you know, which it turns me off. Yeah, <laughs> I, you are, I hate games like you that. are delivering things now and again, but also yeah. a lot of times like the delivery stuff turns into a bigger side quest. Beyond you know, yeah. get you deliver it's okay, we can, but first you got to do this for us. It's like really like so, uh, and that turns into another thing. And you get and sometimes like it doesn't it's not, it doesn't hold your hand. Sometimes I'm not, you know, there's one thing we got to chase somebody, but you can't kill them. But but they're really fast. Yeah. So how do you stop them? Well, you got to use your your subspace boost. But the subspace boost is too fast because you'll overtake them. So you got to like manage that. And then like I tried that mission too early, and then later uh, I came back to it because I had the teleport. Right. So now if he gets well, too far out of range, easy. I can just bzz, bzz, yeah. like pop behind them. Right. And as you as you uh, I think it, what's the upgrade for that is um, kill three enemies. Uh, within 20 seconds after teleporting at them, um, which is you very, knock that one very out real fast. Do. Very simple to do, <laughs> um, but that extends your teleport jump distance. So I, I can I can teleport like 20 percent further than I could when I first got the ability now, and that changes how the dogfights work too. Yeah, um, it's really good. Okay, like it, out of out of nowhere, but it's you know. I mean, I know it was average. You know, it's not it was announced a while it ago. It's been time delayed ago. a couple times. But yeah. like, I I definitely say, do not let this one fall through the cracks because it's coming out in December, right before Christmas. You know, don't let don't let this one slip away because like, um, if it has if it looks interesting at all to you, because it's really good yep. and uh, it's um, it's gonna get lost once all the crazy stuff starts coming out next year. So like, it's a good Christmas game. Okay, so forty bucks every platform but Switch, including yeah. Stadia. Just about everything. Yeah. Highly recommended by Matt. So if you're into space shooters, this is a guy you want to listen to right here. And he says, Chorus is a I think, it's, I think it's very accessible. Okay. All right. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about a game I've been playing. Not that I really wanted to play it, but I feel like I'm going to do everybody watching this show, and Matt really, a service by discussing this game. It is Big Brain Academy, Brain versus Brain. Remember the Brain Age games from the DS era, Matt? yeah. yeah. They were like rigid, like IQ tests, basically. I remember the Big Brain Academy games. Yeah. Well, they started with one and then morphed into Big Brain Academy. And Big Brain Academy is kind of like the softer, more gentle, like more entertaining version of Brain Mm -hmm. Age. Brain Age literally was like an IQ test 
that would tell you how old your brain was, basically. And it became huge. Yeah. It was supposed to be like an exercise program for your brain. Yeah. It was like that whole era where Nintendo was like anti-video game, video game company. Mm -hmm. And it was, I mean, it was based on like whatever, whoever the, you know, the doctor guy. I mean, there was a, it was a whole thing. Oh yeah. It was like, yeah, he had the licensed doctor in there. It was like a brain plasticity thing. There was like, there was a whole slew of games. There was like. Nintendogs and Electroplankton mm-hmm. and just all these games that were more like apps than video games. And eventually that morphed into Big Brain Academy, which is more of like a video game. This is the first entry for Switch. Um, and obviously, if the title didn't give it away, the big twist here is that you can, you can compete. Mm-hmm. Um, brain versus brain. Um, the game itself, though, it's... Man, I... I don't know. So it's called Brain versus Brain, but Matt, there's no online play. You can play locally with up to four people at a time, and then if you want to compete against other people, you compete against their ghosts mm-hmm. online. So it appears that you're playing head to head, but it's really like a pre recorded outing of how they did playing the game, and you're competing against them that way. So there is no online competition, which I found to be a little bit strange. Uh, but this franchise did come from the DS and the Wii era. Um, it's basically just a mentally focused minigame collection. There's like 20 different minigame styles as far as like count blocks, look at two pictures, what's different in the second one. There's 20 different styles, but there are more than just 20 minigames. So I want to make sure that I make that clear. Um so basically it tests, you know, how quick-witted you are, how well you can p- perform under pressure. The game also has Sprout support, which is like this learning app for kids. Um, and it somehow it's integrated. I don't subscribe to the app, so I wasn't able to test that out and see what it actually does. But I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, and that plays into why I'm talking about this on the show, which I'll get to in a second. As I said, there's local play for up to four players. You can play online against ghosts. There's no network head-to-head play. And not only that, just to play the Ghost Mat, you have to have a subscription to Nintendo Switch Online. Mm. <laughs> That's insane. That you're not playing online. You're literally just downloading like a few just bytes. Accessing of the internet. <laughs> it's like AOL or something. It's crazy. Um, Does Nintendo know that CompuServe isn't a thing anymore? <laughs> Netscape. I don't know, dude. Um, like is the Switch 2 going to have a dial-up connection? Like, what? Yeah. And look, you can play this game um, on on a controller if you want to with <coughs> buttons and sticks or the D-pad if you want to. But you can also play it on a touchscreen, and I highly recommend playing it on the touchscreen. One thing I've discovered... Age 21. Yeah. I, well, I put it... So when you put in your age at first... It, it adjusts how hard it is. So if mm. you tell them you're old, it's going to be easy. So I put in 21 mm. to see how hard the games were if they think you're young and spry. All right. That's that's a good reason. That's a good, I'll buy that. <laughs> what other reason would that. there be? Nobody thinks I'm 21. That's for <laughs> damn sure. I know that much. Um, let's see. Uh, so what's I say? The controls. So definitely use a touchpad on this. Like I, What I discovered is that the Switch Pro Controller, the D-pad on that thing, is slow AF. There's a lag. And this game is about speed. So you want to answer each one of these as quickly as possible. When I tried to do that with the, the Pro Controller, I was scrolling past stuff, accidentally hitting the wrong answer, etc., etc. Um, just use the touchscreen for this. It works much better, and you won't make as many mistakes for failed inputs. Um, 
Two people can save their data per switch. So if you get this for the whole family, you can't get this for the whole family. Only two family members can so you, actually. So you play four players, but you can only save two the of them. The two of the data. It's really what weird. I know. It makes no sense whatsoever. I, I don't get it at all. Um, as you play, you're rewarded with coins. The coins basically only unlock like new cosmetics that you can add to your avatar. All the cosmetics were dumb. I don't think I ever even added one to my avatar. But that's really the only incentive to play other than increasing your score. And this gets to the root of why I've decided to talk about this on Game Face. If you're like me, you have either, you may have sons and daughters. I don't, unfortunately. But you probably at the very least have at least a bunch of nieces and nephews. And right about now, you're trying to figure out what do I get my nieces and nephews for Christmas. And I'm telling you right now, particularly if you have either a son or a daughter or a niece or nephew that are is having problems in school, get them this. It, this will work their brains in ways that I guarantee their, their iPad and all the other stuff that they're using to pacify themselves every day won't. Um, this will get their brains moving, thinking in different ways. There, like I said, there's 20 different mini game types, but with any one of those types, there are multiple examples of the mini game. And um, the good thing about it is, is as we said, you can put in your age when you first start, and it will shape the experience to their age. So if your son or daughter, niece or nephew, is five or six years old, when you do that, it will alter how the mini games work, how much time they have to solve each one, what types of mini games they're gonna give them. It's just, if you wanna feel good about giving a Christmas gift to a young relative this holiday season, this is it. I am gonna buy like four of these. They're 30 bucks. The price is perfect. Um, now I played this, I will say, I made it through most of the game in like two hours, uh, but I'm an adult and you give this to a kid, they're going to probably not remember that they're playing the same minigames over sometimes. Um, they're not going to be as fast to go through the game. They're going to get a lot of entertainment out of this. I do think that the price of this is perfect at $30. Um, there's a demo on the eShop right now, free. So if you want to check it out, or maybe you call your brother or your sister, you say, hey, maybe download this demo for my nephew or my niece and tell me if they like it. And if they re report back that they enjoyed it, then you can buy it. Um, but I also say this isn't just for kids. Like if you put in like a, a decent age, it's, it gets tough. It gets tough really quickly. Um, each mini game, there's like six, seven rounds, maybe something like that. So they don't overstay their welcome. Um, they're, I'll say this, they're very good at getting really challenging just as the time expires. And mm -hmm. so it's this thing where you're like, oh my gosh, I have seven, six, five. Oh, here's the hardest one they've given me yet. It definitely cranks up the anxiety when you're trying to get through this stuff. Um, but yeah, again, I don't want to talk about this very long. I just know a lot of people are in the boat that I'm in where every Christmas you're like, what do I give my nieces and nephews? What do I get the son and the daughter? Now, if you have a son and daughter, they probably have told you a billion things to buy. Mm -hmm. Nieces and nephews, not so much. Yeah, especially quiet like teenage ones right yeah so i'm not too old for this so maybe. i highly recommend this i do have one nephew who is learning disabled i'm definitely buying it for him without a doubt um because they are struggling to find it's not even that he's really learning disabled he has problems focusing and caring um and so they've tried to use some like online apps in the past to engage him academically it hasn't worked i have a feeling that this might work and again because it does switch things up so frequently um, you're never doing the same thing twice for very long. Um, and I think my nep that same nephew also maybe has a little bit ADHD. 
Mm-hmm. So obviously mini games that only last about 10 seconds a piece are, are a good uh, remedy for, for that. So Big Brain Academy, Brain vs. Brain for Switch. I highly recommend it for the young ones in your life during this holiday shopping season. It's 30 bucks. That to me is the exact right price. There's a demo on the eShop right now. Um, so you could always have them check that out and play it before you want to take the plunge. But again, it's so cheap. And every kid has a Switch. Every kid. Every one of my nieces and nephews has a Switch. All of them. And um, it's just a good no-brainer. Um, and also it's a good way. Maybe you have a brother or a sister who hates your fascination or obsession with video games and thinks it's a waste of time. This is a good way to turn the tide on them a little bit too. Because they're going to open it up and be like, of course Shane got him a video game. And then they're going to realize, oh, this actually teaches my kid and actually opens up the doorways to thinking critically. Um, it can be nothing but good. So you can, it'll be a good ambassador for you with the rest of your family, showing them that video games can be more than just entertainment, but can also be entertaining when they're not made just for entertainment. Uh, so I think it's a good pick for the Christmas holiday season. I think Nintendo was very smart to release it right now. And uh, I highly recommend it. Again, as a Christmas gift, all of you guys are out there. I'm sure you're all like, what the heck? Uh, Cinetyke says, Shane, you have to be the coolest uncle, right? Um, <laughs> honestly, it, that's funny that you say that. Like, all my brothers and sisters say that I'm the cool uncle. Mm-hmm. But the reason they say I'm the cool uncle is not because of any hobbies that I have or anything like that. It's literally just living in California. Mm. That's it. Because I'm every, all their other aunts and uncles are there all the time. Every birthday, every mm-hmm. Christmas concert or whatever, they're all there. I'm never there. And I feel terribly, terribly guilty about that. But it creates this air of mystery about <laughs> me with all my nieces and nephews. They're like, it's Shane, the guy who plays video games and lives in California that is so far away, I can't even fathom it. There's that angle to it, um, which is funny. Which All I had to do to do that is just live here. They hardly even know me. I see my nieces and nephews like twice a year max if I'm lucky. So that is the big drawback of moving out here to live here is uh, not being around the family in general. Um, it's definitely the worst part. Uh, but yeah, that's how it is in a tyke. He says, crap, California greater than games. Now I'm sad. Yep. <laughs> now, I remember uh, when I went to uh, went to New York when I was a senior in high school. We were in a we were in a hotel full of full of uh, high school girls because it turned out we were in town at the same time as the uh, national girls choir competition. I was going to guess a cheering competition. It was, it was a choir competition, <laughs> and we were in the same. We were in the the, the one the the Missoula team was in our hotel, and when they found out that uh, we were from California, like they were real excited. Like it was like yeah. we, we were purely. Co- they're like, "Do you surf all the time?" We're like. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah, we totally. You can't look. imagine it, Matt. What it's like to go home. Like just I'm like we're in San Francisco. We we would die. Like we just the people I used to go freezing. to high school with. Like if I see them out at a bar over the holidays or over at someone's house who has a Christmas party, like it's insane. Like they mm-hmm. look at me like I'm an alien that I live on mm-hmm. some other planet. They're like, yeah. just tell me all about it, and I'm like, whoa. Well, <laughs> like, they're told that you, like, you know, to partly because of the movie thing, but also because yeah. you know, it's like, oh, liberal California and all the crazy stuff that happened. Like, nah. Yeah. yeah, they're like, isn't that in your city burning down? Isn't it like no. an armpit? It's like, no, that's fine. <laughs> that's funny. The it's rent hasn't here. fallen at all. <laughs> like, yeah, you think if everything was on fire, we'd be paying a little less in property taxes, but we are not. All are they we? know is what their choice of news tells right. them. 
and that's it. Yeah. No one in But again, uh, California's terrible and no one should move here. Please yeah, do not move stay here. Stay away. Like, don't come it's here. It's the worst There's, place ever to it's live. It's terrible, and there are enough Priuses on the road already. <laughs> Like that's what the thing is. All the, like some of my like weirdo, pe- not even friends, there's people that, that friends of friends from elsewhere. They're yeah. like, like, well, then how come everyone's leaving California? Like, if they are, I haven't noticed. Yeah, like, they're, step it, seems it up. Like they're all still here, but if you yeah. want to take some of them, please do. Yeah, maybe my rental fault. Twenty. You, you want to pick month. some up and get them out of here? That'd be great. <laughs> take their car with you. Take the Mercedes with you. For God's yep. sake. Yep. Tiny Two K. Thank you for Twitch Prime. I saw somebody back here. Here he is, Don Lionheart. Forty three months. Wow. 43-month streak from Don Lionheart of Twitch Prime. I don't even have a 43-month streak because I can subscribe to us, too. I have a Twitch mm. Prime membership. I don't. I even I missed a month somewhere. I don't have a 43-month streak. Don Lionheart, that is amazing, man. Thank you so, so much. Uh, then a couple more slipped in here. Tiny2K, as I said. And Senate, uh, oh, and Chevelle Man 1979. Mm-hmm. Thanks for Twitch Prime. The other thing, fun thing with the California thing is when they come here and they do not understand how big California is. Right. And they're like, we'll just go up and go up to San Francisco and see the Golden Gate Bridge for one day. I'm like, no. Well, it'll take your whole the, day to drive there. Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> like, if you want to come back, that's 10 hours, of, 10 and a half hours of driving round trip. So, oh. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like saying, hey, we're in Atlanta. Let's go to New York right. for the day. It is. Like, that's, yeah. Yeah, it's like people don't get California that don't live here. But no, hopefully they all make uh, it out of here because once they do, they will get it. Not sir. Thank you for Twitch Prime. 33 months from you. And one Super Master Gamer. 33 months from you too. Double 33. I like that I inspired the OGs to come out and be like, oh, what? I got 33. It's like, oh, he had 36? Whatever. Uh, Chevelle Man, 36 months. Amazing, you guys. Thank yeah. you so much for taking the minute to do that. People watching the show on YouTube, please take a minute. It's the holiday season. We need the money. Um, it would be great if you could just take a minute to subscribe with Twitch Prime. It costs you nothing. It's a part of your Amazon Prime uh, cost that you pay every year. They do, they'll do. they give you give us a free $2.50 every month for free. You just got to click the link. Yeah, it tight. Tiny2K is also correct with the size of Texas. Like I was uh, – even as someone from California I was in Texas, I'm like, what the heck? Like it's Florida, A, too. huge, and B, the sky – in yeah. Texas, like, because you know, in California, in California, I'm used to like mountains everywhere, the yeah. oceans over here. Like Texas, like standing in the middle of like Plano and just seeing like you can see Dallas, just, <laughs> yeah, you can see forever, and it's just this. Yeah, yeah. I know Montana is the big sky state, right. but Texas to me is like so much. I've never seen so much sky. And it's so flat. The whole state's incredible. Flat. Florida too. Beautiful. Florida, you if you get to the northernmost point of Florida and you're, you're driving down to Miami, you get to the Florida line, you're like. Yeah, we're all there. We're in a light. Nope. 12 hours later. <laughs> That's how long it takes to drive from the top of, of Florida down to Miami. 12 mm. hours. A lot of traffic. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. It's like the, the 95 the whole way down through there. Wow. And then Nebraska, east to west, like 9 or 10 hours. And all that is is just cornfields and straight roads. Mm-hmm. That's also very flat. Kansas is what I've yeah. heard tales of driving through. Yeah. Cross Indiana, co- driving cross country doesn't sound a lot like a lot of fun. It depends. Especially so, the middle part. The, here's the rub. When you drive across country, there are two main routes. One route is way shorter, like 10 hours shorter, but it's boring AF. That's when you drive through like Ohio and Indiana and Nebraska, and there's just nothing until you get to Utah. And there's another route that's like more northern where you go through like Colorado and a couple other states that are like really beautiful. But it takes you longer to get there. So most people take the boring trip, which I did when I moved out here, and it was a grind. It's a long, long way. Uh, So anyway, there you go. 
That's Big Brain Academy, Brain versus Brain. I recommend it, but not for you, for all the little ones in your life. Let's move on. We're going to talk next. I don't even know what we're talking next about. Battlefield. Battlefield. Yeah. What? So we actually haven't like given our takes on Battlefield. Um, well, we did. And then we thought we needed to update them. But as it turns out, we really didn't. Because mm-hmm. the stuff that they ended up releasing later that wasn't a part of the beta was no more polished yeah, and no more robust. Beta. It's yeah. still basically a beta. Um, Battlefield 2042 has been a disaster. And I guess the good news is, is that we already have word that EA is starting to address it. It basically gutted its Battlefield program, for lack of a better description. It cleaned house. Um, there are... First of all, you'll be happy to know this, Matt, but Vince Zampella has taken it all over. Hmm. He's, I mean, he's the man. He is the man. He, <laughs> EA bought his studio for a criminally low price, I would add. Like, mm-hmm. I can't believe he sold for that, but he did. And maybe he knew this was all coming. And then just he just took over EA step by step by step and he is now the man he is well, over you knew something was up when they made uh fallen order in unreal yep because they're like like oh you got to use f- frostbite no yeah we're not doing that only he could have said only he could have said like no we're gonna do we're gonna do the thing that works yep for what we need to make and not like force it into this stupid engine that doesn't can't do anything except driving games yes it's, uh more power to him like the guy knows what he's doing it's amazing what he's done in a short time at Respawn. They Somebody's got to. I mean, think about just the money that Apex Legends is generating for EA yeah. every month. And they didn't want them to make that. I know. How many times did that happen to him? Remember, like Activision was dead set against a Call of Duty set in modern times. Yep. Like They wanted they wanted to make uh, the modern version for Call of Duty 2. Yeah. And Activision insisted that Call of Duty 2 be World War 2 for the launch of the, three, the, launch of the next gen. Mm-hmm. And then basically said if you do that and it sells well then you can do your modern one yep. and they still didn't want it and then it you know call of duty modern call of duty 4 modern warfare changed video games it did forever forever yeah, absolutely it changed definitely changed the first person shooter genre they, they like that a doubt like about once once every couple generations vince and his team changed the paradigm yeah well, they're going to ask him to do it again because ea is creating a quote unquote connected battlefield universe between 2042, which needs to just be finished because it's mm-hmm. not finished, a new experience from the developers of 2042's Portal Mode, a studio called Ripple Effect. Um, they're saying that's possibly going to be a free-to-play Battlefield, um, the mobile game, and a new game um, that's being designed by Marcus Leto. You know him. He used mm-hmm. to work on Halo for years and years. He's also the guy, though, that left to create that game, Disintegration. Oh, yeah. Which was that horrible, mm. like, shooter where you were in, like, this little pod-like machine. Yeah. Like, it was, and it was, like, an RTS cross with a shooter. It, it failed miserably and is already, like, non-existent, like, gone. Um, but Vince, they're bringing... Big Smoke saying new leaks are saying Battlefield 2042 was a Battle Royale game until 18 months ago. Would not surprise me. And that's why they have specialists. Would not... Well, would not surprise me at all. Yeah. That makes total sense to me. Um, Dice GM Oscar Gabrielson is leaving. He's been there forever. I mean, when I say they're cleaning house, they're cleaning mm-hmm. house. Vince Sampel has taken over the entire franchise. All three of those studios that I just mentioned are going to work together to fix Battlefield 2042 before moving on to all the other projects. Um, but the the crazy thing is because it's this connected Battlefield universe, quote-unquote, all these other future projects are going to end up in that same kind of battlefield app. 
How does this all hit you, Matt? I mean, I feel like that's what these games should have been doing a long time ago. Like, don't make people continually start over. Like, make it a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe Vince can finally be the one that gets it to work right. Oh, by the way, also, Battlefront, done, basically. I'm okay that with that. That also came out of this report. I'm okay with that. They do not want to pay the licensing fee for the Star Wars license. Good. Let other people make games that care about making good Star Wars games. Yeah. Because they know. I mean, they sold that, so many. Not that Battlefront was necessarily bad, but like it was, it was like a good first return to Star Wars gaming game. Yeah. But then they did, just didn't did it again, and then they didn't get anything out until forever. And it took again, took Vince to get another Star. That's the only thing left. It's the only thing we've gotten. I know. Yeah. I know we're getting the hunter or whatever. Got promoted. <laughs> That's <laughs> all the they've done. That's all they've done. They've done two battlefronts in Fallen Order. What the heck? It's been twelve years That's almost. Crazy. Like, we're ten years almost. It's ridiculous. And it, I know they're doing the hunters thing. Yeah, I saw the trailer for that. Um, Is Battlefield I, worth all this, man? I have no interest in that Star Wars game, but I love that one of the characters is a Jawa standing on the shoulders of another Jawa. <laughs> Um, no, I don't think Battlefield is. I worth don't either. I, I mean, I understand. I, don't think it's you, worth all this. I understand you can't like, you know, just abandon the people who spent money on this. Um, well, no, you got to fix twenty. You got to fix twenty forty two. You have to. I just feel like just. But these three games, like, is this do something else? Yeah, like how about this? anything? How about you just fix twenty forty two, and then maybe you use those three studios to work on one Battlefield mm-hmm. the way that. Activision does with its three studios with Call of Duty. Why or wouldn't maybe, you just follow that template? Maybe just make something new and call it something right. else. Because you know what Either. might be easier than all this? Not trying to get people to look at a Battlefield game again. Right. It's At a certain point, mm. isn't it possible that like a new IP would be less difficult to put over on, on someone than to convince them to look at Battlefield again after how many bad experiences they've had with Battlefield? Yeah. What's happening here is that Electronic Arts is trying to emulate Activision in the wrong ways. Mm-hmm. They're they're going all in on their shooter franchise, but not looking at how Activision has managed to do that yeah. successfully. Yeah. It's like, let's spread all these guys out thin so they all can make games that are not finished when we release them. Yeah, but the problem with that also is, like, Call of Duty had a template by the time they did right. that. Like, they were churning those out because everybody knew what a Call of Duty was supposed to be, and there was no question about how it was supposed to work and what you're supposed to make. Battlefield keeps trying to reinvent itself, and they it's a very – it has no real identity. Yep. Um, I agree. And the other problem, of course, is that, you know, I think certainly people like our age and maybe a little younger still have that affinity for Battlefield, but I feel like we're holding on – you know, to me, Battlefield is still chasing that dragon of 1942. Yes. I agree. You know, like the best time I had playing Battlefield is still playing the Wake Island demo of Battlefield 1942, which is the very first thing they ever put out. Or Battlefield 2. I really love Battlefield 2. It was Um, a perfect. Bad Company 2 was a great time. Like, but but bad. Those games were over ten years ago. I know. Like, let it go. They just. This is a horrible decision on EA's part. Putting three teams on the Battlefield franchise. If you're going to do that, put them on one. Yeah. Because the other part, too, is that these games come out like once every four or five years. It's not every year. So also, if you want a more steady cadence, say every two years for Battlefield, again, have these three teams working on them. And they were smart mm-hmm. because the people that they brought in, like one guy's really good at narrative-driven stuff. One guy's Vince is good at just making great shooters, designing them. and Vince is good at knowing who to put where. Yep. And, yeah, being a team leader. Which is like that's what a leader needs to that's do. That's what a leader does. Like, so they have the parts in place, but they're not utilizing them the right way. Um, I think this is a huge mistake. I think it may kill the Battlefield franchise eventually. 
Whatever, but, whatever, whatever it takes. But <laughs> at this point, like, but no matter what, the first thing they have to do is they have to fix Battlefield 2042 because yeah. it is a mess, a complete, unmitigated disaster. It's and then EA was very deceptive about it and tried to say, oh, that build that everybody was that play everyone played was like six months old. No, it wasn't. It wasn't six months old. It was, mm-hmm. because when the final game, or if came it was, out, nothing, nothing, nothing changed. Sat on so. your hands for two six months. So. Something's got to give. I do understand why they want to make changes and things like that because they need to and they have to. They're just going about it all wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and EA has made mostly good decisions recently. This is a little surprising to me, but and they're putting the right guy in charge. And I'm just wondering if eventually Vince is just like, look, like, yeah, it's t- it's time for us to have our come to Jesus yeah. moment. I've been here no, but, at EA now there, for there five a, years. There might like, be a little bit of. Um, Knowing Vince, there might also be a little bit of like, okay, smart ass, you do it. Right. But like the thing and is, he when, will. when you say that to Vince, he does. He will it. do it. Like, yeah. That's, that's, He'll make you that's look that's foolish. The trick there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I used to love Battlefield. I mean, Same. it literally used to be my favorite shooting fran- shooter yeah. franchise. And no, call it a shooty franchise. Shooty. With that. It's my favorite shooty franchise. No, I, I love I loved Battlefield back in the day. And like, it was always the one I looked forward to more than Call of Duty. Yeah. Um, you know, outside of when Infinity Ward would make one, make a mm-hmm. Call of Duty, uh, I, you know, the, certainly the longest I've spent playing multiplayer shooters has been on the individual bat, battlefront battlefields. Uh, bat, bad Company Two, I played the most, the most of probably any first-person shooter yeah. multiplayer. Partly because I was playing with Abby so much. It was like, fun. It was fun. It was. It just worked. Yeah. Like that. That rush mode was fantastic. Yep. And the destruction of everything, you know, the fact that the battlefield was basically a flat plane by the end of the match. Yeah, was just great. leveled everything, yeah. yeah. And, like, as soon as someone called those mortars down for the first time, everything changed. Like, <laughs> yep. you know, everybody had to move. Like, yep. it, it changed the entire, you know, layout of the, of, the, of the fight. It was great. It did, absolutely. So, it's sad to see the series in this state, um, but... EA's made his bed and now it's lying in it, and yep. now they're trying to get Vince to. And if yeah, if there's one the sheets, <laughs> if there's a less agile company in gaming, I don't know what it is. Like yeah. EA has such a hard time pivoting. Remember those. this? Remember this trailer? How excited we were for Battlefield Five after we saw the, this debut trailer? Yeah. And remember? God, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yep. This was one of the best trailers of the year that year. Yep. But the game ended up being not bad. Not bad, but just nothing special. Yeah. That's the that's that's, that's the problem. Yeah. That's the that's the problem. Not bad, but nothing special is pretty much that's the franchise. Should at this be point. the tagline for Battlefield, except this year. Yeah, it is yeah. Bad. They, they broke the mold in the wrong direction this time. They definitely did. So anyway, there you go. That's the latest on Battlefield. If you're a Battlefield fan, I do not think that this is good news. Um, obviously, it's Vince Zampella working on his good news, but yeah. the way they're, I mean, how do you manage four teams? You have the three teams working on Battlefield and then Respawn. And there's probably two teams in Respawn. So you're, battle, you're uh, managing six yeah. teams? Although, to be fair, That's I would lot. imagine those two teams in Respawn can pretty much take care of themselves. Yeah. Because he was managing them yeah. for the last five years. Yeah. So anyway, there you go. That's the latest on Battlefield. I don't expect Battlefield 2042 to be fixed anytime soon. Even though they have all these people yeah. that are working on it. So which, which will be fixed first, Battlefield 2042 or Cyberpunk 2077? That's a good one. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> well, see, I think CD Projekt Red isn't going to finish the job completely. They're going to cheat. They're going to mm. eventually say, like, we fixed what we wanted Close to enough. fix. Close enough. Close enough. Now there's ray tracing. Shut up. Right. Yeah. yeah. And now it runs on PS5. But Battlefield okay. might do the same thing. It might. 
I would probably say Cyberpunk. Because mm-hmm. this game is broken, Battlefield 2042. I mean, you put out a demo that's that broken. <laughs> that's crazy, dude. The whole world is like flickering on and off. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, that's cool. Let's have millions of people play this. <laughs> sure. It's lost its way. And that is one thing I think Vince will be better at. Like, Vince, yeah. I think if he were in Vince control... Vince will actually be like, the skybox has to work before yeah. we ship this. But so. Not even ship it. Like, let people play it. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. I mean, ultimately, maybe five years from now, Vince makes a big difference. But if this is the plan and they stick to it, what they're going to do is let Vince make the plan. Yeah. Because what happened here is the brass at EA is like, okay, we're going to do this, this, and this, and we're going to put Vince in charge of it. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, let's just bring Vince in and let him fix all this. Because then he would have done what I had hinted at, which is just let yeah. the three studios work on Letting him run the franchise is probably this, the best move. The smart if, if you won't just like tie the tag on his toe and tr- close the drawer, like yeah. that's probably your best move given the people they have to work with right now. Yep. And Absolutely. because of how self-running Respawn seems to have become because they, exa- you know, they know what they're doing with Apex Legends. They know what they're doing with the Star Wars game. They know what they're doing with the... Uh, um, uh, Whatever the Titanfall team is working on, I don't yeah. know. Like, I guess that's going to be different. Yeah, I'm sure there's two teams inside Respawn. One's yeah. working on Jedi Fallen Order 2. The other's working on some kind Something of else. shooter. And then yep. there's the Apex team. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, so three teams, actually. Yeah. It's insane. The studio's not that old. <laughs> They've expanded very quickly. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk briefly about a game that we should have talked about last week, and mm-hmm. we didn't. Um, and now this show was delayed by a few days because of my knee surgery. Um, and so it's coming in late, but it left an impression on both of us. Matt more than I, because he played more of it. And that is League of Legends. Ruin. You did play more. I only played like the first 30 minutes of it or oh, whatever. To get I didn't footage. play much more than that. Okay. I played a couple hours. Okay. Uh, League of Legends Ruin King. It is a turn-based RPG based on the League of Legends franchise, which if you don't know is a MOBA. Um, you wouldn't think that one would portend or lead to the other, but it has. Yeah. Not only that. The studio that has worked on this was pretty smart with how they integrated some of the concepts of a MOBA mm-hmm. into a turn-based RPG. Yeah, it's it, this. This is more related to the MOBA than the MOBA is to any of the lore. Yeah, like it's, that's a good it's, way to put it. <laughs> it's weird. Also, like it starts with this blatant Final Fantasy VII reference. Yeah. Uh, which turns out very differently than it does in Final Fantasy VII, which I think is the joke. Uh-huh. I, I, which. Um, and you can see they're using the same art style as Ar- uh, Arcane, yeah. the Netflix show. So they're they are going for a unified, which is world, a great art style. A unified. Uh, I don't like the character design very much in Arcane. No, I don't, I don't think really. I, don't, I think the anime technically it's very good, but I don't particularly like the character designs. Well, I would say this: I'm a, I used to be a huge League player, and I struggled to recognize any of the characters in there. Yeah, Heimerdinger obviously is easy, right? But the other ones, like yeah, I didn't I know. know who they were like, until I, they said their names. I knew the one. One girl was gonna be the other. Yeah, it's kind of, mm-hmm. I guess kind of a spoiler. And then like yeah. in this misfortune, I recognize her uh, for whatever reason. She's, she's become a, like the focal she's one point of the, of the lore. Or, yeah. yeah, it's really like, weird. It, there's very few League of Legends characters. I, mean, I know her and I know Morgana and I know she's uh, not even a popular like, character for people no. to play as. But for whatever reason, she's become the poster child. So yeah, this for is this turned lore. out very different than the Aeris. Yeah, it uh, sure scene. did. <laughs> uh, and yep. now it kind of becomes World of Warcraft because he yeah. kind of goes uh, Lich King here. Yeah, that's true. Um, and so then it jumps a thousand and twenty-two years <laughs> later, uh, where the game actually takes place. And uh, basically, you, it's it's 
It's a pretty solid turn-based RPG, story-driven RPG. Like, you start with different uh, disparate characters. You play them kind of single, solo uh, in their own little big intro sections to sort of get used to how they play and how the combat system works, and then they bring them all together in a party. And then all the synergy works because they're all built, you know, the main characters are all built to work together, and before that you're kind of dealing with, like, sort of lackeys to mm-hmm. fill, out the ro- fill out the party. Yeah. Uh, and then it all kind of works together, and the combat system is a really interesting way to, to do things. Uh, it, and it does have a lot of MOBA references to it because it uses three three lanes yeah um there's a basically the way it works is there's um it also reminds me of um what was that uh oh the first game i ever reviewed for uh for tech tv was uh grandia grandia 2 uh, you remember grandia had that the the, the the line the timeline yeah and if you hit somebody with the right attack right push right. them down the time yeah, yeah. this kind of has that where yeah it a, does it has the three lanes and um you have the top. You have the middle lane is normal. Bottom lane is strong. Top lane is speed. So, like, if you do the top lane, you'll do your ability faster, but it will be weaker. Yep. And the trick is there are things. Yeah, you know, that determines who goes first. You kind of like you know your speed. If you want to get it out before the enemy can get their turn out, so you can kill them first, so you save yourself some damage. That's cool. But the, one of the other interesting things is like there are environmental effects or stage effects or character effects that create like a little glowing box on the track. And if you, uh, if your character's turn, their icon falls into that box, you will take damage or be healed or whatever the thing does. You that that will, thing will impact you. So you want to either get in the box or out of the box, depending on whether it's a beneficial or a detrimental effect. And then there's like things where uh, enemies can have buffs on them, and the only way to get rid of the buff is to hit them uh, with an attack on one of the lanes. Yeah. So like a in like so that can like make a big difference. Um, certainly makes a big, and that make that's another strategy choice. Like you know, you want to use a, a group attack a lot. You know, I got five guys that all have the same buff, but they're all on the speed track. So I do one hit everybody hit on the on the speed track. There's one character has, and I can use this other character to kill two of them <coughs> with a chain attack. Like it's it, it all works together real well. Like there's there's some there's some real thought behind how this this. It's impressive how works. they managed to incorporate any semblance of MOBA yeah. into a turn-based RPG. Like it reminds you of its roots in a weird way, yeah. and it works. Yeah, it does. And also, it you know <coughs> this unlike Arcane, the characters are recognizable. Like I mm-hmm. I feel like this will resonate with the hardcore League fan more than Arcane would, because Arcane to me is just a great show. Yeah, it doesn't I recognize really matter. This more. Yeah. For sure. Whereas Arcane, like, I haven't seen all of Arcane yet, but, like, I wouldn't know that was League of Legends nope. if you didn't tell me. No. And I wouldn't care. It's way more overt. Like, it stands yeah. on its own just fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And this does, too, actually. Yeah, this does, too. Like, the world is really interesting. I don't, I like, there's no, to me, I mean, not that I'm a League of Legends expert, but, like, there's no hint of this in the MOBA. No. Like, <laughs> there's Which a paragraph is, underneath, underneath each champ's, like, yeah. picture that explains their backstory. But, like... Yeah. All the stuff that happens in here, like, you would never know it. Yeah, it's almost like, it, you know what it reminds me of is when they started trying to expand the story stuff in Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah. We're like, like how does oh, it's like, like Street Fighter, where you're like, oh, so those guys know each other? Like, Sakura takes karate lessons from Dan, and Blanca, yeah. Blanca goes to school with her? Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, except it's way better written than any of the Street Fighter stuff. Yeah. Um, like I think it's really I think the world is interesting like I like kind of the weird magic meets steampunk meets, di- meets diesel punk thing they got going on here yeah. um, you like the scanning I'm sure yeah the scanning well the pulsing fun. or whatever but. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff to find in the environment That's oh cool. we didn't mention the scanning in Halo Infinite actually oh yeah there's not that much of that yeah. really. but, it's still uh, there it's fun you know, some archaeology you can do it's yeah. fun relics what was it the ruins and the relics yeah, yeah. yep 
Um, I like these cutscenes are cool. Like they, they look. It really... is kind of an indie game. Like it yeah, does I mean, by definition. So it's one company funding their own game. Right, but I mean also like it falls into the stereotypical definition. Like you can see, there's like there's so there's that opening cinematic. And then again, I didn't play that much, but it seemed like those types of cinematics went away, and they just started doing like the talking head bubble thing. You get a no, lot they, of indie they bring RPGs. back uh, that kind of oh, anim- do they? not the full CG, but that animated thing oh, okay. you just saw. Like there, there's a few of those yeah. throughout it, which is typically how indies kind of tell stories. Yeah. That, but that's fine. Like this is also I mean, priced this, like it's an also indie just game. how this kind of game tells a story. You know, not yeah. indie, but like it's a turn-based isometric RPG. Like that's yeah. what they are. Um, so you know you can you can cut to CGs or whatever, and they do sometimes, but not too much. It's more told through dialogue and through, mm-hmm. if, if, you know, flashback events are generally seem to be done through the the animated scenes. Um, but I I enjoyed it. Like I'm I'm I haven't focused on it because I've been playing Chorus and Halo. But like yeah, uh, this was a really nice surprise. Also, not full price. Yep. Um, it's priced like an indie game. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but another yeah. example of something League of Legends related. That people can enjoy, even if they do not yeah. give a crap. I mean, they've been working on these these uh, these you know initiative, these and... initiatives to expand the the brand into into other games for years. I mean, I I remember having conversations about what would eventually become Arcane with people with Riot people at E3 like four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like they've been trying, they've wanted, and they basically they did the Riot thing. You know, they they did multiple versions of all these things, and if it didn't work out, they scrapped it and started over. Well, the big criticism um, of Riot all along has been they're the one game publisher. Yeah, Riot Game. Yeah, was always the yeah, that was the, the yeah. joke. Yeah, um, but now they, you know, and I gotta say, like between Arcane and this, like I'm pretty excited about that fighting game. I know. Yeah, like, and they have good people working yeah, on it. Yeah, they got too. the Cannon Brothers on that, and Seth was in there for a while. But the, I mean, the characters from League of Legends are pretty great. And it's yeah. a pretty insane how many they have. Um, like and they that, can go anywhere with them, really. Yeah, anywhere. Like they're so I mean, yeah. they've got baseline personalities and kind of descriptions, but yeah. like you can put them wherever you want. It's an empty want. book right now, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And uh, like, if, and also like, I, I'm impressed by the quality of both of their projects here. And if they're going to get that level of quality out of the fighting game, like yeah. that's really exciting. You can tell that Riot's very protective of its brand. Yeah, like they aren't yeah. going to, it sounds like, it really seems, I mean, I, they, you know, a lot of companies say this, like, oh, we're not, we never put anything out that wasn't up to our standard. But so far, Riot really hasn't. It seems true. Uh, they really waited hard. long enough. Yeah, I mean, they, they, <laughs> I, I can't even imagine the iterations this thing must have gone through, but like, I'm yeah. pretty happy with it. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool game. Um, it's cheap, and it's available for like everything, isn't Just it? Just about everything, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, oh, if you, again, if you, if you liked, uh, what, God, what was that game that was based on that um, Joe Matarera comic? Mm-hmm. His, it was, uh, it was uh, Battle Chasers. Remember uh, that? Like, it, it reminds me of that game a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah, that's a good good analog. Um, and again, you maybe missed it. I talked about this a couple oh, episodes just, ago. The chat, the chat just said Battle Chasers Night War, and it's the same developers. Oh, so that, okay. that would explain that. It does yeah. explain it. Um, Arcane also on Netflix. It's a Netflix series. I don't think they've released a final chapter of that yet, but I think the first two are up there now. Go watch it. It's amazing. Um, I recommended it on Game Face a few weeks ago, and I got so many people sending me DMs and private messages saying thank you that they really loved Arcane. I highly recommend it. Go check it out. And with that, it's time for the last topic of episode 282. We're warming you up for the Game Awards with our own predictions for the big, big show. Matt and I both have three different predictions. If you haven't yet, and you're running out of time to do it before the show kicks off, you'll have an hour between when we get done here and the Game Awards kicks off. 
Go and read Vincent's entirely too many Game Awards 2021 predictions article. Yeah, all a, of Arcane is out, by the way. Oh, it's all out now? Yeah. So the final act is out. Okay, yeah. good. Um, Vincent did an amazing job. He literally, I think there's like 80 predictions in there. Matt and I are just going to do three apiece. Because <laughs> we're short on time here. We also have to get name that game in before we get out of here today. So Matt and I have three predictions apiece for the Game Awards. Um, Matt, are you excited for the Game Awards tonight? And just generally? No. No? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm interested to see what they show. I'm less interested now that I know one of the things is not going to be there. Oh. Uh, um, Matt made an initial prediction, and I had to unfortunately let him know that, that they've already said yeah, it was We learned this be morning there. that they're yeah. not doing that. Yeah. What? Where are you, Dragon Age 4? <laughs> yep. What is going on? I think that was wishful thinking on your part with that prediction, right? No. I really th- I mean, It's about time, and they've shown it before, twice, I think, yeah. at the Game Awards. Yeah. We learned, we learned the name of it at the Game Awards. Like, yeah. It seemed like what they were doing, so I guess you're not ready. So why are you not excited for the Game Awards? You already said you're going to watch them. it's em. a giant, embarrassing commercial, and I don't like it okay. very much. But I'm in- interested to see a lot of the new trailers and stuff. But, like, if I, w- you know, like a couple of years, I've just skipped it and, wa- you know, watched uh, the trailers afterwards on Sifted so or You can just go to Sifted.net. Uh, every, yeah. Literally the minute... Something appears did, in the show, it's live on stage. I did think last year's was better. Like, it's gotten better uh, over the time. Even do, with COVID. I, yeah, I still think, uh, you know, I until they fully, you know, until they award every award on camera, I'm going to mock them. That's never going to happen. Obviously not, because yeah. it's a commercial. Yeah. It's, that's all it is. Commercial, it's trying to justify its existence with a with a uh, with an award show behind it. But, like, until you actually give all the awards away on the show and not just list them off and then get jump to the next world premiere, like, yeah. then you're not going to – you're not a real award show. And yeah. you need to stop – you need to drop the pretense. I'm also n- not thrilled with the initial uh, response and, and, and statements about the Activision situation and Blizzard situation where they're like basically it's like, oh, we're going to keep that out of this. And then, like, obviously Jeff changed his mind and made better statements afterwards. And, you know, clearly, he, you know, the, the people spoke and the PR – Guy shifted his his message uh, as he should, uh, but honestly, if you're that dedicated to the the art of gaming and the art of the, the you know the developers and and you know recognizing people uh, in that regard, uh, calling that shit out should be your number one. I'm okay with it. But if you're okay with calling Konami out for treating Kojima the way they right. do, you should be well, okay. Call- we all know why. Yeah, that we know why that happened. Sure, <laughs> but I'm just saying there's a consistency issue there. Yeah. I think he's he's you know he's he's uh, more or less you know found found uh, found his footing on that. I think the 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 revised statement about it was better. Yeah, um, I think ultimately he got it mostly right. Yeah, uh, but we'll see. You know, I am very interested to see if what's I can't remember the guy's name. The 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 Joseph the, Ferris. Yeah, him. <laughs> Uh, I saw he's on the plane yesterday. He's on his way. He's coming. He's, he's here. He's 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 in the he's in the he's within five miles of us. I wonder know. if like writers are um, writing this stuff for I him now. Know. But I will say I I would love to see them call take two out. Okay. Uh, because what they're doing to him is bullshit. It is that suing because it takes two has the word take and two in the name. I mean, go fuck yourself. Let's be honest, Take Two is never going to probably show up at the Game Awards. Of course not. So. Also, like, who in the world <laughs> so is going to confuse that, that game yeah, with... It's a, it it's Takes so Two is a... What, are you going to sue the song next? It Takes like, Two in Nintendo. The two dumbest, most litigious of all the publishers. They'll sue for anything. So. Okay, we need to get to our predictions. We're running out of time here. Um, Matt, your first prediction is your replacement for yeah, Dragon replacement Age 4. Replacement for Dragon Age. And what is uh, it? So I'm just going to I think we're going to finally see something from Hellblade 2 tonight. Not to constantly talk about Hellblade today. Yeah. But I do think it's, I, I think, you know, Microsoft's, there's a lot of buzz that Microsoft's going to finally show some 
some long-awaited stuff, and it could be other things. You know, a lot of people are saying Fable. I think that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Avowed. Um, I think Avowed is further out than we think, too. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's... I think Hellblade 2 is going to be the focus. Okay. I think that might be the only it's thing It's due. I mean, it it was, this trailer was shown in 2019, and we have seen nothing since yeah. other than some developer docs. So I think we'll see some Hellblade 2 tonight. Or Blinks the Time Sweeper 3. <laughs> Do you think they'll show, like, gameplay of Hellblade or just another trailer? I think we'll show, we'll see in-engine. In-engine. I think we'll see footage, you know, game... Yeah, like a gameplay trailer, let's okay. call it. I don't right. think we'll see a demo or anything. All right. Um, my first prediction, and this is something that I've been predicting and rooting for for a very, very long time, and it may not happen, but I'm still going to hope for it, and that is a new Banjo-Kazooie game, but the twist is it's coming from Double Fine, who mm-hmm. just created Psychonauts 2, one of the best 3D platformers ever, in my opinion. Um now, one thing I would say is if they if Double Fine does a banjo game, it's going to end up being a lot more streamlined than what you're used to with banjo yeah. games, which I think probably you're not going to collect four thousand musical notes, which you know. I think may be good for a new banjo game. Yeah, brief. I mean, I mean, really, just take it back to banjo one and undo the the sprawling damage of Banjo Banjo Two. <laughs> Banjo Tooie. Uh, Banjo Tooie, there was a point where I was just like, I can't do this anymore. It was insane. Like, it was gigantic. The constant backtracking, not uh, knowing like why you there's did, no fast travel. Not knowing why you couldn't get things. Because uh-huh. if you didn't have an ability you didn't know you didn't have yet. Right. Like yeah. it was just irritating. It was a monster. No doubt about it. Um and I mean it got worse though. There was Banjo Kazooie nuts and bolts where Rare actually tried to make a new banjo game. Oh, and, I, was, and look, I think that it, wasn't a bad game, but it was a bad idea for a banjo. For, game. It was a bad banjo game, yeah. Um, and so I don't think this will be double final on its own. I think it'll be like double fine with rare or something. Like I think rare will consult on the game, um, but I think it'll be built by double fine because are they going to make Psychonauts three? Probably not. Um, yeah. but, but this game is right in their wheelhouse. It just a lot of it makes sense for my fever dream of a new banjo game to finally come true. All right, Matt, what's your second prediction for the Game Awards? Um, my second prediction, and this is probably a long shot, too. Uh, I think we're, I, I'm prediction, we're going to get a release date for LEGO Star Wars. <laughs> finally. Matt's fever dream will finally come to fruition. <laughs> what the hell is going I mean, even more than Dragon Age 4, yeah. what the hell is going on with this? I did a segment for IGN about this game in 2019 at E3. Yeah. And I don't really know any more now than I did then. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yep, I don't know what the holdup is, but look. If they're... you told me at that E3 <laughs> that I wouldn't play this game for three more years, I would have said you were crazy. Or you would say, okay, so the studio is going to be closed, or <laughs> it's going to be blown up. Or like... <laughs> like, no, here's an assortment of headlines for the next three years. Good luck. <laughs> Yep, that's a tough one, but I agree with you. I think we maybe will finally get the release date for that. Because it's got to be, doesn't got to be. Really. Well, it's, it should you'd be. You'd think it would be a Q1, Q2 thing, <laughs> yes. right? Like any week now. Like April. Right. Right? Like latest April. Yeah. yeah. Like probably before March, like, actually. Pro- well, you probably, I mean, maybe you don't want to get, March and February are real crowded next yeah. year. Maybe you want April to be, you know, spaced out a little bit. <laughs> but before E3, yeah, what the hell's right? going on, man? It's weird. Before it's E3? Yeah. yeah. It has to be. Yeah. It can't go to a fifty three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a record. That might beat a bunch of games. Vincent um, says he thinks they heard spring. I, I keep thinking spring, but then I looked, looked it up. It just says 2022. Yeah, I haven't seen a release date for it like, either. There's no 
May 4th would be good. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a fitting release date. Okay, my, my second prediction is the most obvious prediction ever. And, Matt, I'm surprised that you didn't pick it. Yeah, i got to leave you something. <laughs> you did this time. And also, that, maybe I don't want this to happen. Oh, that could be. You don't want to have the wishful thinking. And that no, is, I just don't want to deal with him anymore. <laughs> and that is that tonight we will all see the next game from Hideo Kojima. Because reasons. Because of reasons. <laughs> Where else would he debut yeah, his brand new sure, game? For sure. I, I, I think it's more likely we'll see his new movie project. This, by the way, this shot right here was me playing Death Stranding. <laughs> <laughs> True. Falling asleep. Falling asleep with your controller. <laughs> Uh, it's. I mean, where else is Kojima going to debut? Yeah, his new no, game. Yeah. This is it. Um, so yeah, I. Um, <laughs> I think it's tonight's the night. I do not think it's going to be like Silent Hill or anything like that. I think it's. It may be Death Stranding too. It may be some other horror style game, um, but it's not going to be him joining forces with Konami to finally create Silent Hills and I would PT not think so, no. and all that stuff. Um, he's been talking a lot about horror and horror games lately, so I do think it might be something in that vein. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be him like rejoining with Konami and Konami. Yeah, maybe he'll team up with Microsoft this time. Just yeah, to, just and that's the other thing too. I don't think it will be a PlayStation exclusive this time either, hmm. um, which means he'd have to get funding from other places as well. Um, but I don't think you have a problem doing that. So probably not. Hideo Kojima, new game, probably a horror game, not PlayStation exclusive. That's my second prediction. And Matt, what is your last prediction for the Game Awards 2021? Um, again, not a thing I want to happen, but <laughs> I think Deathloop wins Game of the Year. Oh yeah, just because it's such a press darling, and the people voting on this are this, a lot of the people that praise this thing to high heaven. Yeah, and I don't see anything else that's really on par with it in terms of the constant effusive praise it got. Yeah, there in, are very the, few the... dissenters. We are among them, yeah. but there aren't many of us. It's been pretty uh, much universally lauded. See, I'm I'm saying Deathloop for Game of the Year. Okay. It's the last one of the of the nominees is the last one I would pick, but I think <laughs> it is going to be the one. That yeah. By it. the way, don't read into that that that's going to be Matt's pick for Game of the Year or no. anything like that. In fact, don't read no. into any of this stuff and that it's going to affect our Game of the Year awards next week. They're not like none of this stuff I'm saying. Deathloop here. might is going to probably be in that show, but not for that reason. Right. Yeah, it'll be in there, but yeah, it's definitely not going to win my Game of the Year. I could tell you that right no. now. Um, although I liked it more than Matt, to be sure. Um, and then my final prediction for the Game Awards 2021 is we will get a developer walkthrough for God of War Ragnarok. And it will be in much the same vein as the walkthrough that we just recently got for Horizon Forbidden West. It'll be narrated by one of the developers at Sony Santa Monica. It'll be six minutes long, kind of like the length of a long gameplay trailer i did see today that jeff said that there is one exclusive that he has that is like six minutes long and i was like well that's lining up that's um, gonna be arc two you know that right? <laughs> it could like, be it's, it's, very well it very it's well gonna be some be. weird ass korean mmo <laughs> that, that makes me pass out from boredom um it's due. All we have so far is the teaser trailer and the first trailer for God of War. It's coming out next year. It was supposed to come out this year. Yeah. Now it's coming out next year. If it's going to come out before Q4 of next year, this is one of the last big promotional shots that the game has. Um, if it comes out before E3, it is kind of the last promotional slot it, it has. And it's, 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 a it's a holiday game. Yeah. Um, so, I, think, I think this is very optimistic, but I would like to see it. Yeah. So the opportunity is there for Sony. Um, the oh no, it's Days Gone too. 
What'd you say? Oh, no, it's Days Gone too. <laughs> the timing makes sense for it. Um, and if you just look at kind of the, how Sony has been handling its PS5 exclusive so far, a developer walkthrough is next in line for God of War. Uh, I, so. I see a lot of people saying Breath of the Wild 2 demo. Not a chance in hell. There is, I think it's definitely going to be at the show. There'll be mentioned or it's like some kind There'll of... There'll be a trailer, yeah, I the, think. The, the, any kind of demo thing is going to be a direct. Like, yeah. Nintendo's going to save that for themselves. Actually, let's go and look in chat and look at some of their predictions here and see what they're saying. Because they're look, their guesses are pretty much just as valid as ours. Yeah. What happened to that... Uh, you remember that the one they showed last year? Was a, I think it was Korean MMO. Or Korean game. It was like Norse... Based, you remember? You know, what I'm talking about. Hmm. I can't remember the name of it. I don't remember. But it, like, looked really cool. It, it was a long, long trailer. Like, Death it, Stranding it looked really too. cool. Electric Boogaloo <laughs> from Beliasa. <laughs> a, bo- a Boogaloo is too interesting for anything that happens in Death Stranding. Lots of people in here talking about uh, Jeff and Kojima's uncomfortable relationship that they seem to have. Um, Bunko, Fallout 3 New Vegas bundled, remastered, and Obsidian working on a new Fallout. That would bring the house down. Yep. Um, he will get a milli from Jeff. That's possible. I don't know how that stuff all works out. I think he probably does it for free for Jeff. They're bros. Uh-huh. Death Stranding Survive. Um, Cinetyke, any Chinese AAA games finally breaking through from promotion in the West? I don't know about China, but Korea, man. South Korea is kicking out some stuff. Yep. Um, El Guapo, Black With Mukong, Wukong, is that what you're talking about? Um, don't think so. Yeah. I mean, that, Black Myth Wukong is a, a Journey of the West game. Yep. Ashes uh, in the Hourglass. This might have been Valhalla Rising. Oh. That might have been what I'm thinking of. I don't mm. know. Doesn't sound familiar. Ashes in the Hourglass is saying Breath of the Wild demos were at the Game Awards 2014 and 2016. But the a, one was that it wasn't really a demo. It was like him and Enuma sitting there watching a TV yeah. with footage on it. Yeah. We'll see. I am excited for the Game Awards. The next two hours for me are going to be insane because I <laughs> I leave here when I wrap the show. I have to wait to save the show onto a drive. And I have to rush across town. And there's no such thing as rushing across town in L.A. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, no, you, you get there when you get there. <laughs> right. I mean, need to rush across town to get to my post-op appointment with the knee doctor so he can check my knee and make sure that everything's going the way that it's supposed to. Then I have to rush back. Then the Game Awards kicks off. And I have to curate all that stuff with Vincent for the Game Awards. I was going to go to the Game Awards, but now I'm not. There's just It's just too much. And I... My knee, like, I don't feel comfortable being around crowds. I'm afraid someone will, like, stumble into my leg or whatever. So I'm not going. So then I get back. I do the Game Awards with Vincent. We curate all the stuff for that. Then I got to get Game Face going and get that all set up to edit and then render overnight and upload overnight. Today's insane. But before we go, it's time for Name That Game, people. For some of you, your favorite moment of Game Face every week. If you never watched a show and you don't know what Name That Game is, it is a... Brief quiz show where I give you a series of clues and you need to try to guess the game that I am hinting at. You win all ties. You're playing against Matt. So if he guesses it before you, you don't win. If you do win, you get a set of six sifted stickers that we will ship anywhere in the world. Chat wins all ties. If Matt guesses the name of the game and I look over and it's already there, or if it appears in a couple beats after that, I give the win to the chat. Honestly, the object here is to give stickers away to our most awesome supporters the people who show up and watch this show live week after week i want to reward you guys um and with that we're running out of time so we got to get straight 
to it. Are you ready, Mr. Kyle? Sure. Let me get the sound effects all queued up here before we get going. All right, it's time. Clue number one. You ready, Matt? Mm -hmm. You paying attention, Matt? When taking photos goes wrong. Hmm. When taking photos goes wrong. Clue number one. Let me bring up the chat here on the screen. Pokemon Gold, no. Death Stranding, no. Fatal Frame, no. Zack and Wiki, two, no. Boy, you really thought I'd go back to the <laughs> Zack and Wiki. Yeah. <laughs> Bug Snacks, no. Pokemon Snap, no. MDS4, no. Life is Strange, no. Fatal Frame, no. Dead Rising's a good guess. He got it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Arigato, son. We have a winner. Congrats. Congrat Congratulations. It's so hard to write these. Mm -hmm. Like. I kind of thought people might have a chance to get it on the first clue because it's mm -hmm. like, okay, photos. How many games are there with photography in them? And then I was like, oh, people will just Google video game photography. And they'll just go down the list and keep mm -hmm. naming them until they get it right. And sure enough, someone got it right. And it is Dead Rising. Hey, and hey he's freelance, pal. <laughs> good job. Um, I am going to read the rest of these clues because I worked on them and wasted my time doing it. Uh, clue number two, everything is a weapon. Mm. Uh, clue number three: Shop till you drop. Yeah. Game takes place in a shopping mall. Clue number four: The clock is not your friend. Yeah, I hated that. You had to finish it in seventy-two hours. Um, I actually wrote an extra clue for this one. I don't know why, because <laughs> I should have known people were going to get it from the first couple. Uh, the next one is: Frankly, you should not head east. Mm. Lead character's name is Frank, Frank West. West. Yep. And then the final clue, this one would have definitely given it away, a new dawn for zombie games because mm. the game is based off of Dawn of the Dead, the movie. Uh, if you remember, it's a classic zombie film that it takes place in a mall. So there you go. I actually had an extra clue for that one that was not needed. <laughs> but congratulations. Um, and I, Actually, I just already lost his name. Let me get back up here real quick. Arigato's son. You are the winner. Send us a DM here on Twitch. Or you can send me a DM on Twitter. I'm at Dinfire. Or you can send a DM to Sifted on Twitter, at Sifted Games. If you are a member of Sifted.net, you can DM me at Shane on Sifted.net. There's a million ways to get to me. When you do that, include your full real name. That's very important. You can't just give me Arigato's son. I cannot write that on an envelope and send you stickers. And include your full address, including if you live in a country where the province is really important, make sure you include that. And obviously make sure you, you include the name of the country as well, the zip code, everything. We just want to make sure that these get to you as fast as possible. And congratulations. Here's another round of applause for your awesome victory, Arigato's son. And again, it doesn't matter where you live, man. We'll ship to you these stickers to you anyway. And now we have about 10 minutes to do Q&A. I do have to get out of here right at 3 o'clock Pacific today because I have to make it again across town to the doctors. Um, so we'll take a few questions here before we get going. Um, Cinetike, considering the knee surgery, why isn't the name that game game this week Surgeon Simulator? Because it's mm. just too close to home, bro. <laughs> I don't want to forget about it. Um... The Big Smoke 82. Shane, just write one clue from now on, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is two weeks in a row that it was got that someone yeah. got it from the first clue. It happens. Yeah. Uh, this is for Vidya Games. Thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome, man. We appreciate it. Five or uh, 
Two-month streak, five months total. That's incredible. Thank you. Uh, Game Baron, I see you ended up guessing Dead Rising a little too late down there, unfortunately. Um, Vincent, are you going to go back to GTA Online for the story DLC now that they're finally doing some? Hmm, good question. What about you, Matt? I mean, maybe. The uh, difficulty of that is reinstalling that. Yeah. Um, If it's story DLC, I can play solo. I might. Yeah. If I have to, like, form a crew to do it, though, no. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Surf Spider, thank you for Twitch Prime. Our winner from last week's Name That Game. His stuff just went out yesterday, I believe. Uh, So stickers are on the way. Enjoy those when you get them. Uh, Commander Fett, do you think that Xbox released Halo Infinite without all its features because of Game Pass? No. Yeah. I just think it didn't get them all done in time. And now it has Game Pass, so it had this other vehicle to put the multiplayer out early. It was going to be free no matter what, so they didn't have to split up the paid part of the package. Like, so Mm -hmm. I just think it worked out that way. Yeah, I think they just had to get it out. Yeah, now. like it had to come out before before the, it couldn't you couldn't push that thing another year. It would be a disaster, and and you have to release a it year from now. Season. I may not like that game as much as I did, either. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashes on the Hourglass. According to the latest report from Famitsu, ninety eight point five percent of all console sales last week were Nintendo Switches, with PS five accounting for less than one percent. Despite their strong presence in the West, do you think Sony will actually attempt to regain mind share in Japan, or they abandon it permanently? <clears throat> Everyone's abandoned Japan except for mobile game manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Um, that market is a lost cause at this point. It, it's and it's not that big anymore. Everyone in Japan is playing mobile games, mm-hmm. so it's not what it used to be. Is the point that I'm getting at? And another reason the Switch does very well in Japan is because it really is a mobile platform. I mean, Nintendo gussied it up to make it look like a console, and it does Switch. You can play it on the go, or you can play it on your TV. But really, it's just a mobile. It's a phone. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. really what it is. It has the same processor as a lot of phones and mobile platforms. So um, it makes sense that, one, there's plenty of games that the Japanese are enjoying on it over there. It's mobile. It's a handheld. Nintendo's the only one still making the handhelds. It's just the perfect storm. And they're still selling PS5s faster than they can make them. Yeah. And do you think Sony will attempt to regain Mindshare? I don't. I don't don't think Sony (laughs) cares. I think it cares culturally. Like, it's not going to... Yeah, culture they do because they're from Japan. Right. I mean, the market is global. And I mean, Europe's They'd bigger. rather get in China. They're dominating Europe and the U.S., and yeah. those are the two biggest markets, and that's how you and win. And now they're, they're trying to try get into China, and that's where the rest of the money is. Like, oh, oh I'm, glad, is- I'm glad someone's asking this one, because I did read this. Um, Erebus Jones, Jeff Gerstmann's review of Halo suggested he felt like reviews of games on Game Pass are pointless. No, he didn't say games on Game Pass are pointless. He said reviews in general have basically become pointless. But anyway, since they recommend the service regardless, does he have a point? Um, I'm going to address the point of him saying that basically video game reviews are going the way of the dodo. Um, and I agree with them. And there's a, re- there's a reason why we haven't done game evals on mm-hmm. the site for a long time. One, the value of them has just diminished so much. Like, nobody waits for be- with bated breath anymore for reviews because there are so many. Back in the day, in Game Trailer's heyday, it was like there are like 25 sites that really reviewed every game. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could, on release day, you could read them all. I mean, you still can. Like, if you and you to, knew all the people who wrote them. You knew them. the people who wrote them. You knew what they liked or they didn't like. There's been so much turnover with the people writing these now. There's so many influencers who literally may be like 19 years old mm-hmm. reviewing games. It's like, 
the the value of the review has just been cheapened. Yeah. And to, for me, at least, there's a couple moments where I'm just like, my controllers are older than you. Right. Like, it's just yeah, and I'm supposed to trust you on yeah. a game. Yeah. I mean, for me, no way. I mean, I've always made for someone else who's 19, maybe. Maybe it's it's case by case, but uh, person by person, but like. Also, like, you don't know that necessarily anymore. Yeah. Um, and the, the majority of game criticism seems to come, certainly for most people, seems to come more in the form of podcasts. Yeah. Not that's, formalized That's what reviews. we're doing. Because it's like... Even Tim Rogers doesn't reviews any, do reviews anymore. He does films. I'll, I'll put it to you this way. So I read a bunch of reviews for Halo Infinite, like, this morning, before, after I had played almost all of it and kind of informed my opinions on it, to see if I was, like, an outlier or whatever. And, like... I don't know. I got through like a lot of the reviews and I was just, I didn't really glean anything out of it. And mm. I'm like, we're going to talk about this for 45 minutes probably on Game Face. I cannot see any review that's going to give you better information than what Matt and I just gave you. And I'm not saying that this podcast is better at evaluating games than others. I'm saying any podcast is going to be better than reading an 800 word review. It just is. You're going to sense the passion of the people who are talking about it. You're going to sense when someone gets really fired up about something, and you're like, oh, if you just read it, you're like, oh, that's just another thing that they don't like. But when you hear someone discuss it, you're like, oh, Shane really hates that part of the game. You get it more. So to just point, yes, the way the mediascape has changed, reviews are becoming kind of pointless. And now that you know bandwidth is so cheap online and putting up a two-hour video in 1080p or 4K isn't a big deal, all that stuff is fed into the devaluation of video game reviews. Mm -hmm. Do I think there's still a place for them? I do, Matt. I think there's a place for them if you make them entertaining. So I think there's still an opening for X-Play to do its reviews the way it used to do them. Because those reviews, people who didn't even care about games could watch an X-Play yeah. review and still be entertained by it. Well, still, the old ones are still fun to watch sometimes. Still. Because they, they're, they're they, we tried to make them funny and entertaining. Yeah. And we got threats for that. We did. Well, it's first, funny now that you look, you know, when you look at it now, all, almost all gaming content on YouTube and online is, is, is. is, is based on personality and, and humor. Yep. And back then we were told we, were, we didn't respect video games because we made jokes about them. Yep. So I think there's space for that. The traditional review... Not so much. And I'll say this, too. I do think that there's space for the game eval because it yeah. is doing something different. It's allowing you to tell us what you care about most in games and shape it. We just don't have the budget to do a lot of game evals and to hire freelancers to review them. And I don't have the time. Um, mm -hmm. So would we do still, still do game evals if we had the money? We would. Um, but because they're different. They're not a traditional review, so to speak. Um, we just don't have the resources to do it. So it's not a black or white thing there are a few exceptions to it but generally mm -hmm. i did agree with jeff gersman's assertion and that was the first review that giant bomb had published in like nine months mm -hmm. the halo and yeah. half of the review wasn't even a review it was jeff discussing this yeah about how things have changed and normally i would be writing this and that about halo infinite but now it doesn't seem like it makes sense to do that anymore and blah 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 and he's right yeah he's he's on the money there it's so. uh, the, the the world has moved on in large part Yep. Um, I mean, I will always have a soft spot for the kind of the formalized review. I have a full run of Video Games Computer Entertainment Magazine, which is like the driest, most impossible to sell to someone today magazine, maybe even of all the old gaming <laughs> magazines. Yeah. And I respect those guys tremendously, everyone who worked on those, Andy Eddy and, and all those guys. But like, it's it's amazing to see what it is now and how different and how 
yeah, it's it's all personality and opinion driven in a way that it just never was before. Yeah, and it's not really bad, worse or better. It's just sort of different. Yeah. Um, and so I certainly understand. I haven't read Jeff's review, but I, I understand sort of why you'd sit down to write that and be like, "Why am I doing this?" Yeah. Because I'm going to go on the giant bombcast yeah. in an hour. And I'm going to talk about it for like 40 minutes. Yeah, and like 50 times as many people are going to hear that as right. they're ever going to read and why, this. So why am I sitting here working on this piece of writing that, let's be honest, writing's hard. Yeah. It takes a long time. You have to go back over it. and make. Am I leaving stuff out? Have I worded this correctly so there isn't any confusion? Writing is very complicated. It can be a pain in the ass if you're not good at it. And why? Why would you subject yourself to it when you don't have to, when mm-hmm. you can tell the story much better on a podcast or some other form of content? So... I hear Jeff, like he's right. Yeah. Things are changing and I think for the better, honestly. I think you it's better to listen to a podcast or watch a podcast in our case. You'll have a better idea of whether you're gonna like the game or not than just reading one of my reviews. It's just the way it is. Even a really great video review like we used to do at GT, it's still better to listen to a podcast, I think. Um, just like one more. Um Minority Games, how was the knee surgery? Did you watch the video? I did not watch the video. At all. And my knee surgery, you'll have to watch the beginning of the show. Maybe you showed up late. I talk about it at the beginning. Um, it was more than I thought, and I bit off more than I can chew. And I now fear I am going to be gimpy for the entire Christmas holiday. When I have to travel home, mm-hmm. and I'm on trains and rental cars and all this other crap. It is what it is. It's too late now. The knee's already cut and split and swollen, so there's no going back. I'm just trying to stay positive, because that's all I can do. Uh, one final question. Shane, have you discussed the Raven stuff yet? I'm so infuriated about this as someone who worked two years at Raven. Muddying Raven name to all the other shit show at Blizzard is awful from all the journalists. I'm not 100% sure what he's talking about. Uh, the Raven thing uh, was, uh, there was something about... Is it just um, laying off QA people? Well, it was because they promised like improvements and bonuses or whatever, and then they suddenly, and raises and suddenly, they suddenly fired a bunch of people. Um... And it was, part, it was only like a dozen people, though, right? Yeah, but it was also part of the. Uh, you know, it's been part of the uh, the scandal with the, the sexual harassment and all that. Uh, and I guess some people think they're being singled out, but like, I mean, they're just part of the know. deal. They've been around forever, and you know, so they they've had a lot of time to do a lot, make a lot of mistakes in that regard. So there's, I'm sure there's a lot of stories. It's personal for you because you work there, and I mean, I hate to say this, but layoffs happen all the time. And just be glad you're not working at what was that company where the CEO fired 900 people on a Zoom call uh, this I don't week? Remember what that was? There's was a that CEO the, that fired 900 was, was, employees on a Zoom Kellogg's. call. Kellogg's. No, it was called, Kellogg's is replacing 1,400 like striking be- people with scabs. It was scabs. like Better.com or something. Mm. I think that's what it was. Better.com. He fired 900 employees in a Zoom call and showed no emotion. He said, "If you're on this call, mm. you're one of the unlucky ones who is now laid off." Yeah. I mean, the important part is that the Raven thing uh, has seems to have been kind of the thing that sparked some actual like work work stoppage and walkout stuff this week. So uh, more you know more traction, more movement, more reaction, more pressure on Kodak and and the leadership of Activision to actually do something. Yeah. So. All right, that's it. We got to cut it off here. I got to rush across town to get to the doctor. If I don't get this appointment, I may never get another one because everything's just so backed up from COVID. Yep. Thanks to everybody. There's tons of questions still in the chat. I'm sorry we couldn't get to all of them. You know we love you guys. We would answer every single one of them if we could. I mean, if you're listening to this out on any of the podcast services and the show is on all of them, 
Um, it is four days delayed on all the podcast services and on YouTube. Uh, but if you're watching or listening for free, please check us out at patreon.com slash sifted. That's sifted without the E. You can pledge as much or as little as you want. For $4 a month, you get all our content early, Pack your factor a week early, game phase four days early. I think we're the only major gaming Patreon left at $4. Everyone else has jacked up their price. We've stayed at four. Um, we'd really appreciate it. It is the holidays. And if you can't do that, please subscribe with Twitch Prime. If you're watching on YouTube, the instructions are down below. Really appreciate that. We got to do something, people. We're hurting financially. Mm. Just being honest with you guys uh, as the holidays appear. So anyway, thanks, everyone. Glad I finally got in here to do this. I regretted it at first as I was limping around in here. Once I sat down and did the show, I'm glad that I did it. Um, we will have uh, our Game of the Year episode next week. Follow Sifted on Twitter, at Sifted Games, uh, to figure out what day that is. I'm not 100% sure when that's going to happen yet. So make sure you're following us there. Follow me on Twitter as well. I'm at Denfire. Follow Matt at MKyle, M-K-E-I-L. As I said before, follow Sifted at Sifted Games. So we'll be back next week, maybe Tuesday, maybe another day. Matt and I will figure it out, and we'll put it up on Twitter. Make sure you follow us there. Game Face is up and out.